hello, ECAN Nation. Welcome to part two of our Scusa Super Nationals 26 debrief podcast, where we uh, review uh, this last weekend's event, uh, the capper of the Supercarts USA program for 2023. My name's Rob Howden. That over there, we changed spots yesterday. David Cole, yeah. we were, of course, both trackside all weekend long. Nate Dean and Betsy Gallagher were there with us, too, cranking out some fantastic social media throughout the weekend. Had a great opening debrief, David, uh, which was awesome yesterday. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, folks, you can go get that on YouTube. It's available there. This will be available on YouTube, and then we'll be turned into a podcast as well. But uh, we, we got a good show for us here. we got a couple drivers lined up, potentially three. We may even open the door for if anybody else, if they want to come on as well, drop us a DM. We can... We can give you the uh, if you're a racer, we can give you the um, uh, the link to come in. But otherwise, David, all told, good weekend. Yeah, good weekend. Yeah, if you were a racer in any of the categories we're going to talk about here today, yeah. uh, again, it's all senior uh, categories and the junior categories. So again, if you have the opportunity, you're watching, uh, send us a message on Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter, and if we deem you as a, a potential <laughs> guest, uh, we'll we'll slide you the uh, uh, the link to come in and again, you know, it's Friday night. We're not doing anything obviously. Cause we're doing the show. We're still uh, resting. Our, yeah. We're still resting. We're trying to catch up from, from a week in Vegas. Like some of our guests are catching up from multiple weeks in Vegas as you had the yeah. rock cup USA event. And, and some people are even still there. One of our guests is actually flying into Vegas back to <laughs> Vegas. So, uh, uh, still kind of question on if they'll show up at the end of the show, but we'll still try and get it in. But, uh, but yeah, excited to kind of wrap up this year's Super Nationals. Obviously, we'll have a little bit more content on the website itself and, and social media. But this is kind of the the the, uh, the final lap, if you will. Yeah, of, of our entire trackside package, we did starting off, mm-hmm. of course, with the outlap shows and all the preview the preview work that David did, class by class previews. So much work getting put in by our staff here, which they did a tremendous job. This is episode 122 of the EKN Debrief. It is uh, Friday, November the 17th. As, as we said, if you have any questions as an interactive show, feel free to drop those in the comments, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook right now. Uh, again, <clears throat> let's get rolling on this thing right now. The Scusa Super Nationals 26, of course, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. This edition of the show brought to you by Comet Cart Sales. History, family, success. These are three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Again, folks, back at it once again. The uh, event, the Scusa Super Nationals number 26, started back in 1997. The event this year, November 8th to the 12th, as I said, out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in a different lot than when we were there in 2021. In fact, Scusa will be going to back to that area of the track, the back part of the track for 2024 and 2025. But David, uh, we were kind of in the front in a weird area, weird kind of layout. The weather was great throughout the entire weekend. They didn't get the best weather so far to start F1, but it was windy early. That was the one big thing that we had to deal with on Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. It was super windy. Yes. It's a, it, the wind kept you cool. Uh, even though the sun was out. So when you were in the sun, it felt better, but in the shade, it just felt miserable. And again, you, we had to kind of hunker down some things up top at our, in our uh, booth area next to the VIP and grandstands. But that, that was kind of the, the only really the bad weather side of things. I mean, of course you're in the desert at night when the sun goes down, it gets a little cool, but, we expect that 
uh, going in. I'm sure all the people in Vegas are, are feeling that this weekend for right. sure. Uh, but yeah, as you talk about the layout, I don't think we talked about in the first show, there was a, uh, the paddock was separated. We had, you know, where the racetrack was, and then there was the, the, essentially an A paddock, and then they had a B paddock across the street. So um, I don't think we quite ever had that before at no. the Super Nationals, because even at Sam Boyd Stadium, no. all the paddock was together. The racetrack went far away to where you couldn't see it. Uh, so it's got kind of similar to this. But, but yeah, we, it, so that, I think that was the only negative in terms of the location. Uh, was that is that the paddock was separated so there's a lot of times again this is almost like a family reunion for for the sport so you know if you don't happen to pass by any of those people in the b paddock the only time you'll see them is if you're in the same class uh or if you're standing in the grandstands you don't you don't pass by a lot of people so i think a lot of that was missed i think that was a kind of the atmosphere missing thing about the super nationals because again it is like it's it's a reunion of karting Everybody comes together. Sometimes you don't see anybody except for at the Super Nationals. So that's, that's true. That's I, did, I didn't. There was a, there was a bunch of people I I think I bumped into maybe right. they were on the far side. We were and I we were you know we were nine to six nonstop. And then we went home. Yeah, and, yeah agreed. I mean, because if they don't come up to the grandstands by where we are or the VIP area, we yeah. don't see them. Or if you know we don't see them walking out to the car, or walking back in from in and out lunch, uh, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. like that. So um, you know, thankfully it'll be uh, back. You know, again and if we were had to go back to that location there's obviously different ways of laying this out i think that would have worked better um <clears throat> but again you don't know until you've been there and so now scusa has one time there if they happen to have to go back there then they under kind of have an understanding of how everything would flow better so we talked about yesterday uh in the by the numbers that there was 520 total entries and again david using the, the numbers of guys that actually took qualifying so we use that number as opposed to a number that come out through entries uh, the four categories we did yesterday, the two master's classes and the cadets, all were single groups, all of them over the 44 max, be it just based on the way the SCUSA has more guys come in because they were expecting cancellations. So great numbers in those. Dave, same as we look at KA100 Junior, it was awesome. Didn't quite get to that 88 mark, the, the double, 78 there, 44 in the single class X30 Junior, so a full field. Uh, obviously, the biggest category uh, was KA100 senior at 84, which is ma- massive. The seniors at 62. And man, anytime you see over 60 shifters, I think it was 71 at one point, end up being 67, taking time. So a 67 cart grid LCQ for, for pro shifter. I'll take that any day. Yeah, that's the wild one. Again, we had our first LCQ for that category in quite some time last year. Uh, and this year lived up to the hype. And again, I don't think we talked about it in the first show, is the Scusa roll-off, the Super Sunday roll-off. That, That's true, uh, we that didn't we do that. Did. Um, but we didn't have any categories that were in LCQs all. So we only, all the four of the LCQs were in these categories. The only one that didn't was X30 Junior, as you said. That was limited to 44, which was right where they were at. But K100 Junior, K100 Senior in the morning had roll-offs, and then X30 Senior and Pro Shifter had roll-offs in the evening. I think the evening one certainly... <laughs> We're hyped up way more than the morning ones. Now, be it, we had the wrong location. We thought being in the VIP room would be good, but the way everything was laid out in there, it just didn't It didn't have that feel that Chris Egger was trying to do with this with this uh, activity and this one final chance for somebody to get into Super Sunday. So when we moved it to the bleachers, which is where we got to do it every year now, uh, it, it the, the MPG crew certainly helped with their music. It is. I think <laughs> I think Cart Chaser had music pumping as well too, so... It was. It had a good vibe, and there was a lot of excitement, especially when the when the roll is a little bit higher than a seven. 
<laughs> so if you don't know what the roll-off was, uh, Chris Ayer came up with this idea. Obviously, the LCQ, top six drivers from the LCQ transfer into the main event. Well, seven to ten still had a shot because they came up with these aluminum dice and said she was a roll-off. The four drivers, seven, eight, nine, and ten, got a chance to roll. High roll ended up being able to race. So, like, you didn't really race your way in, but you rolled your way in very Vegas. Uh, and in the end, uh, Chris Egger and Bill Wright, those of you who've been around a long time, know Bill Wright from the initial years of the Florida Winter Tour. Um, so, uh, serious fun, Bill Wright. They put up cash. It was 500 bucks for the four drivers who got in with the roll-off. The driver who made the most uh, improvement throughout the race, 500 cash. And that went to David? It was split. So almost kind of, yeah, almost a, uh, like a poker hand, uh, Braden Eves and Finnegan Bailiff were the two drivers that got in and got the uh, same amount of positions gained in their main events. Uh, uh, again, Eves was, a was the crazy one. And then I think it was Bailiff. He was in and a pushback bumper took him out, put him down to 10th yep. and then was able to roll in. So kind of a, emotional up and down for bailiff and he came away 250 bucks richer no doubt about it so anyways big numbers as we said good numbers and we'll go through all the categories but we're underway right now 520 all total at the summer at uh, the uh, super nats 26 debrief number two don't go anywhere we get back after this quick break we're just doing this for the podcast and we get back we'll jump into the race report hey! Hey! acceleration kart racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts parts the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world. And it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Welcome back to our second debrief show of this year's Supercarts USA Super Nationals, number 26 
uh, to cap off our EKN trackside coverage for the entire week. It was a, a long, almost month-long ordeal of all the stuff that we put together, David, with all the season, uh, all the class-by-class previews, a couple of outlap podcasts, a lot of stuff happening coming into, the, of course, all the work that we did throughout the week at the track, and we've been kind of nonstop uh, since we got back here. Time to jump into the race report. Five categories to go through here. We do have a couple of guests waiting in the wings. Uh, Raymond Rashidi is going to join us from Catalyst Driver Development. We've also got Austin Garrison from Speed Concepts Racing. They're going to join us as well. And as we said, drop if, if you feel like you want to be on the show and you're maybe you're a driver in the hunt somewhere, drop us a DM at, at one of the EKN uh, accounts. Cole will be watching that. I'll grab my phone to have a look. If we think we'd like to have you on, I'm like, yeah, you know what? He might have something to say. We could throw you over the... Uh, um, throw you over the link on that one for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into the race report today. Race report brought to you by Sodi Racing USA. It's a multi-time world champion. It's a Scusa Super Nationals winner. It is Sodi Kart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the United States. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from mini karts to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about all the Sodi Racing chassis or call uh, 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart the world leader in the karting industry. All right, folks, we are back. Those of you who may have listened to our, watched our debriefs, what happens when we go through the race reports, uh, I'll roll out the headline. David starts filling in all the, uh, all the, the, the meat at that point. So let's start with pro shifter. This was, this was a good, good one for sure. Lots to chat about with this one. Uh, here's the headline. Formal claims record tying fourth super nationals triumph. And does so without being in any of our predictions going into he Super was Sunday or going into the event, yeah. as you have seen on our social media. <clears throat> Excuse me. That has been the story uh, all week long. Uh, <clears throat> this category had a lot of drama. There's no doubt about it. It yeah. began early in qualifying because qualifying for Pro Shifter, the last category Thursday evening under the lights, Quickest carts on the racetrack whatsoever, going 95, 98 miles per hour. However, however many they got up to, I, I was heard, I was told yeah. maybe triple digits, but I never, I didn't ever got a confirmation on that. Um, so the final group goes out. They were split up into four different groups. Final group goes out. There was an incident coming into the opening corner. A cart actually was stalled and sitting there, and a yellow flag came out, and uh, the. A really fast group was coming through. They all checked up except for one that was uh, Albanese. Uh, Albanese, who just essentially destroyed all of the barriers that were uh, placed on the outside of the racetrack there. So essentially what was done was Scusa went full course caution, which they would typically do uh, during a race situation. Unfortunately, this was qualifying and the clock's ticking. And we only had, I believe, what was four minutes or five minutes was the official time on the session. Yeah, essentially uh, they, five laps essentially ran two and a half, three minutes under full course caution and threw a checkered flag. And so literally nobody got a flying lap because of the yeah. situation. Uh, Scusa debriefed. They obviously heard the racers. All the racers were like, we need to go back out. We'll just all go out right now as long as we can check our tire pressure. That's the that's the feeling I got sitting there in the scale line, listening to all of them and 
Remo was one of them that was there talking. And, and I think Formal was kind of the leader because he could speak a lot of different languages and <laughs> was listening to everybody. But um, but yeah, Scusa, they debriefed. I think it was maybe, what, an hour after their session. Hour. They were allowed back on the racetrack. Uh, no changing whatsoever. Maybe tire, I think tire pressure was the only allotment they were allowed to change. Um, and the carts went back out there. And it was Jacob Gulick that was able to score hey, quickest before, lap time. Before okay. you roll out there, Luis Speck from the yes. second race group. So uh, the first, I think it was the, third. First, first to fourth. Yeah, second in the racetrack, third fastest, right? So essentially the third group, but the second mm-hmm. out of the racetrack, the third group of fastest. He was the fastest driver for Race Lab on a TV cart. So it looked big. We had thought it was done. They did an interview with him. You know, he's going to be P1. Screws the changes. And again, allowing them to come back out on track. Yeah, so they do a, a, a secondary session for the, the faster group uh, from practice. And it was Jacob Gulick laying down the quickest lap with a 42.150. And that was 94 thousandths quicker than his teammate, GFC teammate of Kyle Wick. Uh, Remo was in third. Uh, Matteo Vigiano uh, in fourth. And then AJ Myers, the fast five. So uh, no, form, no formal. He was actually 17th in qualifying. So even <laughs> after Thursday... And our predictions, I think everybody was safe to say there's four miles not winning this, right? All the chatter, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now we can say this because he he loves it when we rag him. So that he does. I don't want I don't want anybody to to, to come down on us to that. So no, I had he, a great I had a I had a good DM conversation with, with Daniel, uh Danny on Sunday and Monday. It was awesome. Yeah. And and so the heat racing began, and um I'm trying to think which one was Wick in. He was in the second of the first heats. So uh, the first heat was won by Jacob Gulick, and the second heat would have been won by Kyle Wick. Unfortunately, yep. on the last lap, a broken chain took him out of the race, uh, and that allowed uh, Martin Kremers to score the victory. Uh, we go into heat number two. Uh, later in the day, A.J. Myers and then Wick score victory, so we had four different winners in the four heat races. Well, Myers ends up winning uh, on Saturday evening, uh, his his second over uh, uh, second vi- win in the third heat race. And then Emilian Denner uh, came away with the other heat race. So we had five different drivers uh, with wins over the six heat races. So again, yeah. still there really wasn't a dominating performance. There was a lot of drivers that, that showed speed throughout this event. And there was a lot of different drivers in contention. Uh, when all said was done, Myers with his two heat wins, put himself on the pole position alongside Jacob Gulick. Uh, Martin Kremers and Emilian Denner in the second row. And then for Mal with where's his result? Second, fourth, and fifth. Uh, that put him into the top five and put him alongside uh, Remo Raskitty. So uh, a sp- pretty solid top six there going into the main event, Rob. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think that for Mal's moving forward was big. Obviously, they had things rolling. It was going well for him. Uh, you can't, you can't say enough about Jacob Gulick. He was really, really good throughout the time. Showed great speed there as well for, after qualifying on pole. But for, for me, it, like coming into Sunday, I really, I don't know about you, but I felt like Myers had the, that, the momentum. I felt he came out, he was confident, uh, qualifying on pole. Everything was kind of going the direction he wanted. And again, out of the gate, David, look, he got the whole shot. That's the way it seemed to happen. He was kind of pulling away a little bit and was getting comfortable. Uh, yeah, but and got some going. help too. Got some yeah. help because there was True. an incident in turn one. Emilian Denner got spun around sideways and literally yeah. got driven over, uh, I believe, by an Italian card. I'm not sure which driver that it was. It might have been Lewinsky, I think. Yeah, so it was a pretty yeah. hard roll run over. He got up, got away, got away, but obviously disappointed ending his main event in the opening corner. 
Uh, indeed, uh, as we said early on, uh, Myers took the lead, got comfortable, but then here came Danny Formal and here came Gulick. And it seemed to me, I kind of went back and watched a bit of it uh, during the week. And he just, a lot of times, well, every time he got passed, it was coming down in turn number one where he just couldn't get the thing to, it, almost like he tried to point it down and it had like an entry, an entry understeer and he would miss that turn in and, and yep. allowing guys to come in the inside of him. Yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty interesting to watch. Um, and Myers just it just did it. It felt like he didn't have the the exit speed uh, coming out of a lot of the corners where Formal looked like he was he was glued. Like it almost was just like I don't. There was yeah. a big difference there, and you see some of the coverage, and especially on the racetrack as well too. So eventually, Formal was able to take over the lead on lap nine, and that was the, uh, the as you would say TSN turning point of the race. Yeah. Yep. as he uh, essentially drove away from the rest of the pack and uh, got out to a pretty solid lead. Um, Kremers was the driver on the move behind him, and he was able to get into the second spot. And I, I want to say the gap was about two to two and a half to three seconds at that time. Kremers just not able to cut into the lead. Oh. So uh, so allowed Formal to, to basically run unchallenged to uh, what is a record-tying fourth victory at the Super Nationals. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing for him. And obviously the emotion of overflowing uh, the cart uh, coming at you and I a little bit there, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, I think it was, it was coming you. to me. He was the owner. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but uh, it was obviously great for him. Four, four, four wins. And listen, you go back to some of the guys that have won four, you know, it's it's Masters racing. Not taking anything away from Kip Foster. It's Connor De Felipe, Jika, Eighty Junior. You know, obviously S two and S one. S two and S one, which yeah. S one was one below when he won yeah. S one. It wasn't Super Pro. Yeah. So you've got Billy Musgrave with four, right? Three, one was an S two though. Yeah, yeah, one was one was an S two, three S2. in the Pro Shifter. So yeah. this is a guy that essentially, if you if you bring all the four timers together, guy's got four headline KZ wins, right? Yeah. What was well, one pro, it was, S two of them are S one. Two of them. Still, wrestling. that was the headline. What was the headline category. class at that point? Yeah. Exactly. That. Of, of yeah, Supercars yeah. USA. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, uh, Kremers ends up coming home in the second spot. Uh, yeah. Vagano in third, Myers fourth, and Raymond Rushidi, who will be joining us here, uh, coming home P five. What was a fantastic drive, all told. Five different countries represented on the podium. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, yeah. Don't ask me to name them. What are they? <laughs> Costa Rica. Costa Rica. That's right. Netherlands. It's Italy. Uh, USA and Canada. Come on. Canada. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It's no been. Doubt. It's been. I think it's been a while since we've had a Canadian on the uh, headline podium. We'd have to go back to that, right? For sure. I, I don't uh, have that stat. <laughs> David. Uh, so one thing we'll do, guys, throughout this. We did this yesterday as well, as you guys all know. The, obviously, the predictions that we made uh, were one of the things that got, that uh, had Danny Formal all fired up, which was great. So we kind of went through each class by class predictions. Uh, pretty ama- like we smoked ourselves from last year. We struggled last year. This year, even though um, I got beat pretty much, almost. I think I, I think I won two classes. <clears throat> David, David, and Nate yesterday no, picked two, yeah. essentially almost f- almost one class each, almost completely correct. Four four guys out of the five, all in the right spots. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I just that, that's this um, unbelievable. This one because in this one, yeah, David, you got opposite. me in this one. Yeah, you you beat us in this. <laughs> one. This was the complete opposite because I I only had one driver in the top ten or top five. That was AJ Myers, which I correctly picked in the fourth position. So I did well there, but that was it. You had one driver in the top five, which was Vajano, and Nate Dean had zero. So this was the <laughs> only zero that we had out of the entire prediction. So. 
we went big. We went we went Euro because the last two years was all European drivers. Last listen, the last three years, if you go back all the last three years, there's always been either either uh three or four Euros and one or two Americans. We've never had more than two Americans on the podium in the last number of years, right? Yeah. Um, and it's been either it's either Formal, Myers, or Jake French. Those are the three yeah. drivers that have been on the podium who've been the American drivers that have been there. So, American Jake French wasn't racing, so we had to go with one either Formal or, or Formal. You can't really count as uh, American because Rican, but I mean, I mean, guys that are lo- are locals. Yeah. And then again, I think I saw Marion Kremers post up. He, you know, why I'm the one, I'm a local here. Why don't I get put in there, right? So, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Anyways, except he had that 13 hour flight. I, he was literally in the fl- a seat ahead of me on the way home, oh, wow. uh, okay. connecting to Minnesota. He's like, yeah, I still got another 13 hours to go. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, bye. <laughs> so there you go. David ends up winning the predictions for that with three, with a, with a yeah. one three picking AJ Myers. So yeah, we, we didn't do as good as we <laughs> every point. Every point matters, Rob. All right. So we didn't do that well, but the guy joining us right now did do well. It was right in the middle of the hunt the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't, let's bring Ramo Rashiti on to us here from Catalyst. Uh, Ramo, thanks for joining us. And the interesting thing, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to throw you under the bus early, but, <laughs> but listen, you've been doing this a long time, right? Yeah. You're not, you're not one of the spring chickens here. You probably, if I'm not mistaken, could you run masters right now if you wanted? Next year. One more. Let's with my last, my last year. Maybe I'll double it up like that day. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's that, that's, do, do you feel it's one of your best performances you've had in a long time? Um, uh, I felt like I've had better better weekends, but uh, maybe the result wasn't for, for fully there. Um, overall, it was just kind of a – although we, we qualified really well, I had like kind of quiet races, just stayed in the top five most of the weekend and all the sessions. And um, yeah, obviously I want more, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> our, our first podium for, for myself and KZ is obviously good. And yeah. Isn't it, isn't it wild when you say it, when you're quietly in the top five in a field? What we said was 67 pro shifters. And you're just quietly in the top five. Man, you rolled off really good. Yeah. Um, go-kart was good right away. Um, I, you know, myself and Mario, who was the fastest at the end of Wednesday, we didn't, we yeah. literally didn't change anything just from our baseline uh, to start the day. And uh, power was obviously very strong. Um, we had Mike with SRP. Um, was just super strong package all weekend long. Um, you know, also we had so many KZ drivers driving Eiffel cart over the weekend between the two tents and this is helpful to, to, to have a little bit more knowledge. Um, the ratios were all over the map, um, <laughs> That's what uh, I was through, through the whole weekend. It's just, um, so it was a bit of a, a, a odd weekend because people were making different things work. So, yeah. Where, where were you in terms of top speed? You know, David talked about, we heard guys say 98. Some guys, well, I was topping at 95. We heard rumors that some guys had hit 100. Where, where were you guys on the data top speed? I never saw 100, rate? but um, at the end of the end of Wednesday, uh, I told Mario and he hit 99.5. That was the highest I saw. <laughs> so we were doing, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fast. So we were we were on a quite long ratio uh, for majority of the weekends. Um, ended up going shorter uh, as the weekend went on because I felt like as the races started, I just couldn't, I couldn't get in a rhythm with the, with the longer gear. Um, and I just keep getting attacked and attacked. Um, so we went long or went shorter um, 
as the weekend went on, it probably helped me keep the position that I did in the final. But uh, the long ratio was like, you know, we were talking about probably three or four mile an hour at the end of the straightaway. But the, the problem was you couldn't do anything with it. You'd get to the, you know, you as the, the, the speed would pick up when you get to fourth, fifth gear, we'd get to the, the point where you're kind of kinking to the left and now you've got nowhere to go with it. So um, it was a, it was a weird kind of uh, situation on the, on the ratios throughout the weekend. So we talked to Robbie and master shifter yesterday uh, saying he was in first gear, probably what five times. Was that the same for you guys as well too? Yeah. I mean, on the long ratio, every, every single, every single corner, but one was first gear. Wow. Uh, the only corner that we weren't, we weren't using first was uh, I, I guess we were calling it the chicane, the left of the chicane. Yeah. Um, but then you're boom down into to, to first to try to get out of there. And it made it really difficult because the, the, the gearbox uh, on the, on all the KZ engines, the first gear is so short. So you're like, you're, you know, you're grabbing it almost instantly yeah. and it's so easy to, you know, not lift off just enough to get the shift correctly. And then the, the, the engine will pop on that shift. And yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, we ended up going a little bit longer that made the last couple corners shorter, which made the last couple corners second. Uh, but it was still really tough to do it. Um, and, and, and even more difficult when you had people behind you. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the track progression a little bit. You know, one of the things about the Avincos, as we know, they don't lay a lot of rubber down. It was more like mm. cleaning the track off during the week. Did you find that? Was there any kind of grip increase throughout the you know like Saturday and Sunday? Found it very similar to last year, where where I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the. It's tough to say because we changed the track, but I know I checked last year, and I mean the time from like Thursday or qualifying to the final, there was such a small gap between the, the two sessions. I think it was like only like two tenths. Yeah. And I think that it was, I, I assume it's some somewhat similar. It was pretty close. I guess it was a little bit quicker actually in the final, but um, maybe four tenths quicker than pole. But I, I mean, it's not what you used to see, you know, 10 years ago when the track would like, you know, keep progressing throughout the weekend. The one thing that's made it kind of a little bit easier is when we run at the very end of the day on Sunday, everybody stickers in the morning and then, you know, all these classes run through. And I know in the past, you know, uh, back when we'd race tag, uh, you know, the track would grip up so much from the morning session that, you know, you're driving a completely different go-kart at that point where I'm, I'm, it's very similar. Now you can qualify as long as you pick the air pressure, which was another whole nother story, uh, (laughs) for the shifter guys. But, um, as long as you get in the window, the cart feels quite similar, uh, to the morning. Raymo Rashidi from uh, Catalyst Driver Development joining us. If you have any questions for him here, you're watching the, the broadcast here on either uh, Facebook or Twitter. Or, uh, is, we, 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 we drop it in. We do have a comment. I saw that. Oh. <laughs> Al <Turco laughs> says, old man. Wow. He's going to come back. Yeah. yeah <laughs> see if he can, back. Let's see if he's still got it in a go-kart. Ooh, he's always got an Indy car, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> So there you go, Kirk. We've dropped the we've dropped the uh, the gauntlet to have you come back and battle it out once again. That yeah. would be awesome to see him. Hey, listen, ask you came back, right? Yeah. Oliver came back. That's right. Did really there well. You there you Did go. Did really well. Yeah, that's solid. So um, I, I looked at it. It was uh, from qualifying to the main event. Fast lap was a half second better. So, mm-hmm. um, and the fact, I'm curious I to know what that was in the past, but. Like yeah, back, back I, it's, it's, it's interesting to notice that the, del- the delta between that. Yeah, how the track kind of progresses. But would you say because it wasn't as technical, maybe that it's not a big uh, difference because it was such a fast racetrack that it, it not necessarily 
all about handling. It's all about momentum. And, and as you said, getting out of the corner better with, with the ratio that you're running. Yeah. I mean, I thought that uh, this week, as long as the cart was like somewhat in the window and, yeah. and you have the correct jetting and ratio, I mean, you can be pretty quick. Yeah. Um, like I said, I didn't really change much throughout the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, now to come to think of it, the only thing I did was we went to a stiffer axle at some point in the weekend, but that was really the only change we made. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that tire that it doesn't lay the grip down anymore. Um, it, you notice that like the difference between the two weekends in Vegas, uh, the previous weekend with the Levanto, it lays like a decent amount of rubber down. Um, but it's like after, after the race, you might not even be able to get any pickup if you want to go try to weigh in a little heavier. Um, <laughs> Cause there's not much there. It's just, and, you know, actually also the tire wear was quite, quite low as well. A low deg, like we weren't really seeing much drop off on tires, like not yeah. a huge amount, but um, yeah. Raymond, you're not, you weren't just a driver. You're also a team owner. You mentioned Catalyst. I've talked about it a little bit. Uh, obviously the Italian motors team was there as well. Uh, as a team, team owner o- overall for Catalyst, were you pretty happy with the way your drivers did? Yeah, we had uh, 11 carts, including myself wow. under the tent. So um, we've grown from last year and we'll just keep growing and, um, the tag program, uh, could have done better. Uh, obviously I always want more, um, from that, but, uh, the shifter program obviously was really strong. Mario showed speed, you know, as a customer under the tent, um, for ourselves and also the masters guys had, had uh, pretty good weekends as well, but we'll keep on, uh, going. Also micro guy, one of our micros had a really good weekend as well. So, um, in general, yeah, I, I think we had a really good weekend, you know, uh, three years that we've really been yep. pushing, pushing things. So we'll keep growing and um, try to keep push, pushing. Uh, say, same with the single speed stuff. Get get that up the, to the front end of the field. What's your plans for 2024? Where are you guys running? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Still up in the air? Um, yeah, I mean, we have a, a couple of the drivers want to go race the Pro Tour stuff and maybe some stuff in Florida. So um, there's some possibilities there. Um I haven't fully gotten to grasp with what's going on with the challenge program. Um, I know that they're trying to run some KZ stuff and I'm not sure if I heard there's like a, is there a tag, is a tag class or if it's still rock? I'm not sure. I, I haven't really read up on it about, about it, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay local for the, for majority of the year and try to do some regional stuff and try to get to the, the pro tour races, but it's so difficult being a West coast team when uh, when all the races are over there so um we'll see where we end up if we have the interest to go um for myself i want to race obviously uh (laughs) and i need to race more um i said to to rob i said to you on the at the end of the race before the podium it's just it's tough like i'm not i wasn't tired or or anything my fitness is there but just the driving every weekend helps so much um you know, just being there, being on top of it, knowing the jetting, knowing what your changes you're making, the racecraft. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge advantage to have. And, and still you end up top five. Like, again, that's yeah. just a little I bit was, more would have had you right in the middle of the scrap. Yeah. I was saying, I think I did. I was counting it. I'd actually only race four weekends, I think four weekends all year. Wow. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, just, you know, pound laps at the track go do my 30 lap sessions, make sure I don't get tired. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So. Well, listen, Rambo, congratulations to you and the team. Dave, you, last, one last so, question. So the, 
uh, okay. it was 2012 that uh, that he did finish fifth at ta- in tag senior. So it's been yeah. uh, it's been 11, 11 years, years since ago. he yeah. on the podium. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Amazing. for telling me. <laughs> so we may we maybe double duty, maybe master do the Davide foray and run Masters and Pro next year. I don't know if I have it in me. Exactly. I don't know if I have it in me to run the team and and do the both. But That's it, there right? you go. Nice to think about it, but yeah, for sure. Well, listen, man, I appreciate it. It's obviously a Friday night, what, like 5.30 out on the West Coast. Thank you so yeah. much, man. We appreciate yeah. it. And again, congratulations. Great to see you on the podium Thanks, again, guys. even though 11 years later. 29 years of age going up against the young guns. <laughs> Love it, buddy. Well done. Thanks so much, guys. Raymo Rashifty, folks, from Catalyst on the ITEL cart, been on that program for many, many years. Of course, Catalyst, as he talked about, they put that program together over the last handful of years, and it really has developed quite a bit with he and, and Scott Hargrove and the guys, Stefan Rosinski, uh, behind that program. And, and awesome to see what they've been able to put together. And, dude, what a drive to P5. Like, he literally, again, what we talked, 67 drivers, and he had a quiet run inside the top five all week. I, I love the quiet ride. I mean, because, 100%. you know, not everybody's keeping an eye on you. You're kind of, you're, you're not creeping, but you're kind of there. You're, you're, you're sniffing it, as they like to say about playoffs and and, and the football program. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was there. And I think, as he said, maybe if he had a little bit more time in the seat leading up to the event, he might've been able to be up there battling for the victory. So. All right, folks, let's jump to our, our second break in the action. We get back uh, X30 senior. We'll do the full run through it. We'll talk about our predictions. Austin Garrison will be uh, on, a, on the show as well. We'll be chatting with him uh, right when we get done. Stay tuned. More to come. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement, it's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. Factory Carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development, with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American Made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American Made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American Made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. Welcome back to the second edition of the debrief, our uh, race report show to wrap up our ECAN trackside coverage of this year's Supercarts USA Super Nationals, number 26. Rob Howden here 
alongside David Cole. We just had a chance to chat with Raymond Rashiki from uh, a Catalyst, top five driver in the uh, Pro Shifter category. Austin Garrison will join us uh, in, in a little bit here. Back into the race report, uh, rolling into X30 Senior. Again, the race report brought to you by Sodi Racing USA. David, I'll roll the headline out. You can start filling in the gaps. This is a big one because this was a really interesting way this event started. And the headline, kind of shocking, actually, thinking of the fact of how long this category has been around. The headline for X30 Senior, Bonilla becomes 20th different winner. Yeah, that was kind of the focal point going into the event was we've had 19 different winners in tag senior slash X30 senior. Uh, and the only driver that was going into the that was going into this particular Super Nationals that had the opportunity to win a second time was Ryan Norberg. And we knew the story going in. Ryan Norberg hadn't won a race all season long. So that was kind of the focal point. But you had a very stout field going in and battling. Uh, and one of them being probably one of his lead rivals all season long, whenever he got into the cart, into the cart, Austin Garrison, he was able to put in a 46.293 lap to lead the way in qualifying Ellie, uh, Eli Goldstein Ellie. in Ellie Goldstein, uh, second, only 10 thousandths off his time, uh, senior rookie Ernesto Rivera. That was a story coming in as well, too. Uh, he put in a third quickest time. And then Noah Baker in the Speed Concepts Racing Red Speed was fourth. And Jesus Vasquez Jr., another senior rookie in the Fast Five. So a lot of craziness in terms of who was actually the drivers that were leading the way after qualifying. Uh, you look at Norberg. He was, I got to try and find it here. I lost where he was. So seventh. So he was kind of in there in the mix a little bit. So there wasn't, you know, that and there's a lot of other drivers that just missed the speed a little bit in qualifying because as we know we talked to austin after after qualifying the the toe was a big part in single speed yeah. racing uh and especially in qualifying to try and lay down a good lap so um so with that we went into the heat races and again we had five different winners in six heat races so again field wide open especially in the opening heat race where we saw oliver hodgson who we saw do really well in practice, didn't quite lay down a good qualifying lap, ended up ninth, but he raced his way up into the win in the opening heat race. Uh, Donovan Bonilla in winning the second heat race after qualifying six overall. And then you had the Norberg come in and get a heat race win in the, uh, in the second round of heat races along with Goldstein. So they were able to pick up uh, victories. And that was actually after Norberg suffered a disqualification yeah. in the opening round of heat races, his disqualification Notable one because we talked about it before. I believe it was the nut, or was he a number? I'll have to look back at that. No, he was the nut. Norberg was the nut. Okay. So, so missing a, a second nut on his uh, ballast, one of the weights, uh, which dropped him, uh, gave him a disqualification. Uh, so essentially, gave him last place points going into the two final two heat races. So he won his second one, and then went in and won a third, the final heat race. Uh, for X30 senior after Austin Garrison won uh, the A versus B race. So, again, five different winners in the heat races. Uh, again, made it for kind of an open show because he didn't really know who was going to kind of step up and be the driver to beat. Hodgson had the pole position because of his consistent results. He had a first and two seconds. Uh, Alessandro Dutulio, who we could talk about, had been consistent yep. all season long. Uh, was right there on the outside of the front row. You had Garrison there in third, and then Thomas Naveau in fourth. Again, we hadn't talked about him no. all week. 
but he had a third, a third, and a fifth. So again, kind of like Remo, races, yeah, kind of like Remo was talking about, just kind of a quiet top five performance going. And then Donovan Benia in fifth with Hayden Jones starting on the outside in sixth. So that was a story going into the main event. And we knew it was going to be a cage match, like like where a everybody was. Five lap one. Yeah, yeah. Twenty laps for all the other categories. Pro were twenty five. And there was guys that were a bit further back, right? You knew were going to be coming forward. The guys up front, you talked about who were there, like a Hodgson and, and a Detulio. Hodgson just seemed to have so much um, momentum and confidence that he could, yeah. could put the cart almost anywhere on the racetrack. I would have picked on the way in, we talked about it. So I feel like the two pollsters are going to win. It just, they look so good. But knowing that Norberg was going to be able to make a move, he had won already two heat races. And and, and just no, I, I don't think I would have picked Benia to be in the fight because I think, I would have went Norberg, Rivera, Benia in terms of the pace of those drivers. But Benia had won a heat race too, right? So, all right, let's get at it. So, uh, that that's to me, I thought all bets were off coming into the, into the main, 100%. And it, was, and it <laughs> certainly was because that's how it produced on-track battles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, because it was Hodgson that was essentially leading early, uh, but he was getting pressured by, by Garrison, by Jones, and Benia. They were essentially the lead group four drivers running up front uh, and they went on attack on Hodgson. So Hodgson fell back and, and then he would come back and then eventually Benia got to the front and that'll, that left Jones Garrison and Hodgson all fighting for second. And you as figured they, they would, it'd still be a pack, right? They're you figured racing. that, but as they, as they <laughs> fought, Benia was able to lay down some clean laps yeah. and then their fighting slowed their pace. And when you do that over the course of two laps, it, it, it certainly helps the advantage uh, grow. And uh, and I'm sure when we talk to Garrison, he'll he'll kind of confirm that. He just saw Benia just kind of leave him as they were fighting. And you get fr- you're getting frustrated. Like, what are we doing? Why are we fighting for second? And it was er- it was pretty early in the not early in the race, but it, it wasn't the last five laps this happened. It was not. No, Benia took over the lead on at that point on lap nine out of 25. So again, we're not even halfway. And, and you're letting a guy get away. Now, know. you know, in, in some of the shifter categories we saw earlier in the day, say David, Davide Foray, he was able to run down, but not in the single speed stuff where we have, you know, the groups kind of racing together. So yep. maybe there might have been an opportunity to run Benia down. Uh, but they essentially kept fighting for second. Um, you know, Garrison was was in that uh, along with uh, Hodgson and, and Jones. And eventually, Norberg came into the picture. Uh, he was he started again in the 18th position, was able to knife his way up there, and then uh, got into uh, second and started. And then was him and Garrison. But by that time, Benia had over a three second advantage, and nobody was going to be able to catch the driver from Mexico. The only guys who were catching were the guys who were out like sixth and seventh, started working their way forward. Right? I remember calling. The fact that these guys were going back and forth, and all of a sudden Ariel Elkin was like right there, right because he was digging in. Right, right. that—that's what the, the fight for second, third, and fourth brought everybody else back into the fight. Benia, like you said, was essentially gone. What three point three seconds? I think he ended up winning by because it's just literally they never were able to get in line amount of challenge. No, and that—that's that, the hard part because again, you, you know the way the racetrack is, the draft is very dependent. So if you do have a driver that's out there by themselves, there's an opportunity to get there, but. You have to work together and be able to do that. Unfortunately, it was a uh, it was a, a basically SummerSlam, like a royal battle royale, and uh, <laughs> everybody was going at it for themselves. So, yeah, uh, Ryan Norberg, even with that DQ, comes back to P two. 
Uh, Garrison, as we talked about already, he'll join us here momentarily. He was third. Uh, Ariel Elkin, who I talked about in the TB cart, I actually picked him to be in the top five. He uh, stormed his way back forward and got himself up into position. Same with Harley Keeble. Both he, Keeble, I think was, I think he made a last lap pass. I think Keeble did for for fit, for fifth or, or late in the race. He was able to grab fifth. Yeah, I, I believe it was late in the race. Uh, yeah, it was he just ahead. Got, he might have. He was sixth. seventh. He was seventh. Uh, ended up coming up to fifth. Yeah, I'll have to double check. I think there was some penalties. I'll look at that real quick. I feel like it was a couple of penalties. Yeah, keep t- keep talking. All right. So if we go to predictions, well, you I'll I'll lay the predictions out, David, because you can roll. Because I got a couple. I thought I, I was actually literally. I'm, I'm as as listen as these races happen. They're finishing in the back of our minds. We're still thinking, how did I do in the predictions? Did I do decently? And I I'm like, I think I did okay. I'm pretty like I picked. I know I picked Keeble up. I think I picked Keeble to win. He was P5. I picked Elkins. Cole picked Goldstein. So I'm like, I know that I'm good there. I got that. T- I got the right TB cart driver. I picked Garrison. I'm like, I'm in good shape here. And then Cole rolls in. Like, I think he picked somebody in the right spot. That's always the BS way well, Cole beats me. It was three drivers in the right spot. So get that, get you, that correct. You had three in the right spot. Yes. So. So yeah, you had four in the top ten or four in the top four. five, and you had uh, second place correct, and you had um, se- uh, fourth place correct. So you did did very well on that. I thought so it you, great. Uh, yeah, Elkin was good. Uh, the uh, um, Norberg was good because that was second as well too. Unfortunately, I had three in the top five, but all three <laughs> were in the correct positions because I had Norberg second, Garrison third. And Keeble fifth. So it was a seventh to fifth move for Keeble on the last lap ahead of Jones and uh, DiTulio. So. Okay, there you go. Wow. All right. Well, but yeah. And then Nate Dean sat there with only four points because he had two in the top five and correctly picked uh, Elkin in the fourth position. All right. There you go. All right. Well, listen, uh, we can talk all as long as you want. There was a guy that was right in the middle of the, in the, the thick of it the entire weekend. Uh, he's joining us right now. We'll bring in Austin Garrison from Speed Concepts Racing. Austin, thanks to you, my friend. I know you had some dinner there. You're waiting in the wings. You're actually <laughs> watch. You've been watching the main event on Car Chaser, uh, the replay before you came on the show. Mm-hmm. H- how do you feel now when it's all said and done? When you look back, let's just add, before we yeah. dive into it, how do you feel? Are you super disappointed? Are you? Ah, uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. no, I. I watch it. Um, obviously, a lot of moves that happen in the back behind me and some in front of me that I wouldn't see. And I was just. Not uh, not happy, but you know, can't change the past, obviously. But yeah, some of the moves that were have, have the other drivers have done, um, not really obviously like it because obviously I had to win, but yeah, you know, some of the moves I didn't really like. Yeah, I'm still a little bit gutted over it, but you know, it is, it is what it is. We showed pace all weekend, so it, it was okay. Let's start from the front then. Uh, obviously, you roll off the trailer, you've got the Wednesday, Thursday, getting things dialed in with the track itself. Before we talk about the fact that you were the quickest guy in qualifying, what were your thoughts on the racetrack initially through Wednesday and Thursday? Did you feel like it was going to race well? Um, yeah, I actually thought it was it was wasn't going to race bad at all. You know, it has like long you know uh, sweeping corners going in. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of chances and moves for drivers to go and actually put it pretty deep on the inside and all that because you got to set up so wide for all these corners. Um, you know, I thought the racing was going to be okay, but you know, the long straightaway, I was like, wow, this is a very very long straightaway. I was not expecting yeah. all that after we walked it and everything I saw on the track map and I'm like, wow, this is, you know, longer than Jacksonville and Jacksonville is huge. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, going out there for the first practice session, um, all in all, it wasn't bad. It was smooth everywhere besides the very last corner of that, that hairpin and a couple pretty nasty bumps before you made that, that left-hander coming out to the straightaway. So, 
you know, a lot of drivers didn't, you know, like that. I don't know anybody who enjoyed that. I don't think anybody did. But that was the only thing that I really had a fallback on was just that that corner, really. Um, everywhere else, you know, it seemed to be okay. And um, I mean, glad they went and changed the racetrack going into corner one. So not many drivers, you know, were, you know, getting hurt or wrecking their go-kart and ruining their weekend going into corner one. So, you know, kudos to Scusa for, for doing that. But, yeah, definitely racing-wise, thought it's going to race well. But, yeah, those last couple of corners were a little bit tough. Definitely. Surprised by P1 in qualifying? You, you, you had the pace, but and again, with the, with the level of competition, obviously super close up top, you know, a hundredth of a second between you and Goldstein. Were you surprised with the pace you were able to, were able to roll out? Um, actually, it was because I wasn't starting in the very fast group. Everybody's like, oh, you got to be in the fast group, be in the fast group. But I was out of the four groups, I was a third. You know, I was starting second, or, or I think I was starting second or first, something like that. I was uh, up front in the top three or top four. And I'm like, ah, you know, this isn't good. You know, I'm like, I'm, you know, I expected to be in the fast group, but we had a read blow in the practice beforehand. So we weren't in the fast group. Um, but yeah, so in the opening lap of that is when um, I let a few people go, you know, and I was, you know, I, I fell back a little bit and I caught him super fast in the opening lap. I'm like, whoa, I need to slow down and give him more of a gap. I'm like, I didn't expect him to go and catch people that fast in the outlet. So after that, um, perfect timing it could have been more and more perfect to be honest i got a draft on both straightaways behind keeble um time is just right you know it just fell into my in my uh hands and you know eventually i'm getting getting past lap it's close though i don't know i um by the time i got to the scales down and see where where ellie was i don't know if he got a draft or i was by himself i have no idea but um tim was over there you know is waiting you know on his phone pacing back and forth you're still first you're still first walking back and forth i'm like oh i pray to god i go and you know end up qualifying on pole but no i did and um i know it's gonna be for sure i was kind of just banking on like top seven you know is where i wanted to go and really be um but yeah qualifying on pole was it was it was huge it helped out it listen when you have a dave you go no i was say go ahead no, I was, I was i'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about heat races so go <laughs> okay, ahead okay let me let's let's cap off that then man qualifying on pole it's, it's it's great to do but it does does it not just change the rest of your weekend at least it at least changes your friday and your saturday Right, right. Yeah, I'm absolutely. It's so much easier to start, you know, first. You know, I, I, everybody knows that. It's just easier to set set the the the, the uh, pace out of the race. You know, when the green flag comes. Um, but yeah, no, starting on pole for sure. I heard a lot of carnage going on. You know, in a few of the races, going in corner one, and corner two, corner three, and I'm like, wow, thank God, I'm starting first. I'm not gonna hear or be in any of that stuff. You know, well, obviously it hurt drivers. You know, Ellie. You know, I think he ended up getting into a crash and all that. He was in, in the carnage. You know, multiple times I, I broke away in the first, you know, a few corners where I looked over my shoulder. I didn't have to go and block or, or anything. You know, yep. I was just big enough gap where I can just relax. But there's yeah. one thing that we kind of noticed throughout the event is that a lot of the top qualifiers didn't end up starting either front row or they had actually, you know, you started back in third. You know, some <laughs> others finished outside of that. Uh, was You, you kind of stayed away from the carnage, but was it difficult to to maintain and be the leader throughout the heat races. Was that just due in fact to how good the quality of competition there was, or just, just kind of the way how things unfolded? Right. Um, I definitely thought that at the beginning of a few of the heat races that for sure, the first one going out, we were too low on, on a uh, tire pressure. Um, okay. Oliver, he was super quick, you know, every single heat race, he was the guy to go and beat, you know, his, uh, his short, short term pace was very strong, stronger than, you know, m most of the people out on the racetrack. Um, so after he went around me on the first heat race, I slowly started catching him towards the end. I'm like, Hey, listen, we got to boost up the tire pressure and all that. But obviously other stuff ended up uh, unfolding, you know, the car started going to have issues compared to how it felt in qualifying. So we kind of dabbled into that and, uh, you know, we made a couple of wrong, uh, changes on the go-kart. 
Um, but definitely, you know, it's pretty tough starting on first because you don't know how fast you got to go and break away from everybody. Everybody's chasing you. You're the guy they're going to go and chase down. You're not chasing somebody. So after, you know, lap four or five, there's only eight laps or 10 laps in the heat race that everything already settles. And then next thing you know, you're, you are where, where you are, you know, where you go and stand. So. I hate that, like, pour back on because I, I do want to get your feel now on the way the, the, the main event rolled out. We talked about the fact that uh, Benia kind of took the lead there, lapped nine early part of the race pulled out you guys it just felt like the the, the fight started getting kind of ugly and, and i think it all happened in turn three right the first of the two hairpins there were guys making moves on each other and just you must have been frustrated watching what was happening and some of the moves you mentioned already but some of the moves guys were making when it was so early in the race still right yeah no i uh, i was a little bit upset because i don't you know i know i when we set the, the go-kart up to have like a late pace run, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, too worried about it. But I mean, I'm just getting pounced on like left and right drivers just going crazy. You know, I'm like, this is a 25 lap race. I mean, it's a long, long time, you know? So I wasn't too worried about it at the first few opening laps. Well, when the stuff started to crack down, everybody's just driving, you know, so aggressive. And as soon as they slowly catch somebody, you know, by a, a half a tenth of a tenth of a lap, they just instantly pounce on him. You're like, Hey, maybe their stuff's coming in, you know, you, you have no idea, but um understandable on some a- aspects of what people were doing but i know with you know some moves that you know that that oliver made because i because i understood what he what he was going through because he was at first fell back to second about the third and then fourth you know when i went around him and then he was just like oh i can't fall back anymore i have to go now so after that i went to go and pass him it was a third or fourth i, I forget i think i was the fifth i'm not really sure but Coming out of there, going to the corner three, um, that's when I was on the inside of him. And he looked over, and Jones was like a car length and a half in front of him. He was like, I have to go now. So yeah. very, very late move. Like, in, that's when all the carnage just broke loose. When he went down the inside, like he, he hit Jones and speared him in the middle of the corner. I almost spun out because he looked over to me. I went down to the bottom of the racetrack. I, I hit that curb, and it was just a whole – everybody stopped. And then Benia is just, like, looking behind, like, yeah, thanks, guys. Well, I mean – and y'all went wide coming to go three, and right. then y'all had to come right back together in four, right? Right, right. and then yeah, he just was gone. Exactly, yeah. So um, after that, you know, I was like, okay, he's not too far away. I know I had really good pace. You know, once my car started to come in, you know, right around that time when all the corners were on, my car started to feel good. That's why I was making these moves. And then, uh, you know, after that, when it kind of settled. Um, for a couple laps, I went and passed Jones uh, for for second. Then he instantly went and passed back in corner three. Went in there super late, you know. When I was rewatching the video now, like his hands were in there, like like sliding in the middle of the corner and everything. Just like went in there way too deep. We parked in the center of the corner, and I'm like, great, that was the opportunity. If we had any opportunity, you know, that was the point in time where I'm like, wow, that was that that was it. You know, we were already seconds away, but then after that, I'm like, we just lost, you know, a couple more seconds. So I'm like, the race is kind of over for that. I was I was over it. I was done, you know, because everybody wants to win, but now we don't have a chance to win. So I'm like looking behind. I'm like, well, who, you know, this is insane. What just happened? And it ended up being this crazy scrap after that. You guys almost all flicked the switch and you went, all right, I got to finish second. Or at least right. be on the podium, right? Right. At that point. I feel like everybody after that was like, you know what, well, we're racing for a second. So I don't care if I barrier it or I barrier somebody. They didn't really care at that point in time. True enough. True enough. Dave, you got, you got to feel good. Uh, the speed concepts racing crew did amazing job. You had you and Alex Mercado as top qualifiers. You had, obviously we'll talk about Turner Brown later as well. And then you on the podium, uh, Noah Baker did well until he got injured in, in a, in a wreck. So you got to feel pretty good about the pace that the, the entire team had at the super nationals this year. Yeah, no, our, our whole team was just 
on point. You know, our junior and senior program was really good, even in KA. Um, we had a few drivers who were pretty pretty quick, uh, for sure. But I know Mercado, very surprising qualified pole. He was fast in practice and everything. He, he qualified on pole. I was like, no way. It's it huge. It was huge. I'm like, wow, that's insane. <laughs> Big and I ended up qualifying on pole. Yeah, super, super. It was huge. Huge for, for both of us. You know, our... We just had our stuff rolling, you know. I mean, uh, it was pretty pretty big for our whole team. And Turner Brown was up there. You know, we're, we're all fast going into, into qualifying. So where do we go from here? Are we on a break now till uh, till the Winter Series? Are we going to see in the Winter? I, like, I know you, you're not a full-time guy, right? You're, you, 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 you drive when you can. You do some mechanics. You're obviously wrenching when you can. What are the right. plans for 2024? Anything? Um, every time, dude, every time you roll out, we keep you keep showing that you're one of the top guys of the sport. I want to throw that out there. Right. Yeah. You know, I know you don't have the budget to race all the time. You get you kind of race here and there, but every right. time you roll out again, that's why we picked you again. I, Formal can yell at me all day long, but you know we picked you to do well because we knew you'd be in the hunt, especially in a big race. What is it? Is that going to pay off at all? Are you can do some more racing next year. Um, me and Mike, we kind of like talked about it like a little bit, but not not too much uh, for sure. I want to let everything kind of settle after these past two weeks have been crazy for the whole team. You know, going back and forth, it's been they're like they're so their hands are so tied, um, but. The Susan Winter Series, I know we have a couple of drivers that are going to go and be racing it in senior. Um, I haven't really talked to them yet about what's going on with with that, but um, probably uh, USBKS we might be going and doing for, for me. Um, but Scusa, um, for the Winter Series and the Pro Tour, I'm not entirely sure yet. So okay. we're going to go awesome. talk to him the next couple of weeks, and we'll, we'll go and see. Well, again, you know, we've seen Speed Concepts racing the last number of years be super strong, but, man, it just seems like they are dialing things in big time over the last uh, – last couple of years and of course this year as well but listen uh, austin thank you so much i appreciate it it's a friday night and we appreciate you taking the time uh get some sleep get some rest that was a heck of a week that's for sure yeah man i appreciate it thank you guys so much thanks austin austin garrison ladies and gentlemen a perennial front runner here uh dave you, you threw up the we, we did the thing from modesto there yeah yeah was like was garrison an s2 driver forgot, yeah let's bring him back hold on let's bring him back he's still here hold on i forgot we were going to talk about he asked about that and when i texted him he goes are we going to talk about modesto or let's, super yeah. i go we can talk about both so all, all the all the craziness of formula one and racing our fp1 going to like four or fp2 i guess going at four o'clock in the morning we've done that ourselves already at at uh, what you were you s2 back then yes yeah i was an s2 did you win yeah, that, that? Yep, I did. I actually I won both days. Yeah, That's it was insane. Yeah, it, that that race was insane for everybody. Insane. Oh you know, my goodness. Having to go and change a, you know, we took out that big curb. If I remember, in the middle of the of the race week, you know, going yeah. whatever that giant curb that was there, we took that out. But yeah, no, yep. definitely of you know a lot of people going crashing and all that. How late it was going was insane. You know, I thought you know obviously the track layout was awesome. I was the first time I've ever ran. Uh, a street course race in my whole entire life, you know, in, in shifter. Um, but that was insane. We had drivers that we didn't want to go and run, you know, the, the main event. So a lot of people were getting hurt and everything, but yeah. that, that race was crazy for sure. It was crazy. No doubt about it. So, wow. so he won both races in Modesto, which helped him go on to win the Scusa pro tour championship in S2 and finished second at the super nationals that year. Yes. There you go. Yeah. We oh, had a, nine years ago. Yeah, that's nine years ago. Campbell won, right? That Jared, Jared Campbell was the one who yep. won in S2 then that year. I don't yeah. know what happened. I haven't talked to him in a, since probably then. I don't know what he's been doing. I don't know if you guys know at all. No, I, I haven't. He, he, I think he did a little bit of racing. I think he, I think he was on an Intrepid back there, that those yes. days. Was he with Leading Edge Motorsports? Yeah, mm -hmm. he was a good shoe. 
Yeah, he was. He was super fast all year. He was su- yeah. super quick. He was a guy everybody I got to watch out for. Instead of us, you know, and OGP, he was a guy who was, you know, really quick. The OGP boys. We know that Kyle Kirkwood's watching. He's not calling you an old man right now. That's good. <laughs> no, I actually, uh, we were on FaceTime because um, I sent him a, you know, a text message that I was, you know, going to do a, a little podcast with, with you guys. And he was like, oh, and he went and called me up. And he was like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Well, like, I'm on, you know. I'm going to yeah. go talk to Robin David and everything. He's like, oh, you know, tell him I said hi and everything. That's so, awesome. That's weird. awesome, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, yeah, so so when all that stuff happened, David went back and looked at the archive and found the audio of the Modesto Grand Prix that, like, our EK had live audio and posted up to the radio network. So right. I was listening I was listening to some of that. It was pretty – yeah. it was a cr- lot of red flags. Let's the, put it that the, way. The S1 main event, the last one of Saturday, ended at 3 a.m. in the morning. <sighs> And then we came back right back and did it again all of the next day. Yeah, and right. I think I think we we I think we took a red eye drive to uh, the SFO airport and got there about five in the morning. So oh, well, wild, yeah. All right, little, little little walk down memory lane for you. Yeah, yeah, man, for for sure, for sure. Right, we'll let him get out of here. It's yep. uh, thanks, again, like thanks, Austin. All right, take Austin. care. Nine o'clock on a Friday night. Again, I love the fact that the OGP boys still connect back and forth. I think Morgan Healy had a really good run there as well, running for OGP. I think she was she she might have been on the podium one of the days. Yeah, I I, I, I have the results. I can look at it while we do some other other stuff here. But well, yeah, here's what I mean, we'll do first. Well, like what? I was going to say, like Michael D. Orlando was a winner there in Cadet. Um, he broke he broke one of the days because that's I was I was just listening to that today. David Malukas won both junior races and tag yeah. junior. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the other younger categories. I, I don't, I think there was an S5, but I don't remember who was in it. Um, I'll have to look head, back. I don't remember that. either. Unbelievable. Yeah. I just right. don't remember. I don't remember. We're going to go to a break. It's yeah. a lot. It's, it's a lot going on nine years ago. Modesto Grand Prix. What a race that was. It was a summer nationals that year. Right. And it was, yep. again, it was supposed to be a night race, a, a Friday night and a Saturday night night race. Very similar to what Formula One's doing in, in, in Las Vegas. No track issues in terms of the track, but there was a big curb that they got rid of because guys were launching over the curbs and couldn't get it handled. We had cadet drivers just not even lifting into corners and wrecking. And the cur- and the, ba- the barriers, the shape of the barriers they got, you, yeah. kinda ru- you would ride up on them. That was... Of, of all the issues that happened. Yeah, although, that's a whole other podcast. Like, we could do... Th- five we to 10,000 people there? Four, we could do people. a 30 for 30 on this, right? I like that. That's coming. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back after this quick break. If you want to get better, you have to race against the best. And the best come to race with Supercarts USA. In 2024, Supercarts USA is shaking things up, both with their Winter Series and their 15th edition of the Pro Tour, which will focus solely on the East Coast for the first time. The Winter Series will kick off at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex on the January 12th to 14th weekend, and the two-event, four-race series will cap off at the Orlando Kart Center on February 9th to the 11th. The Scusa Winter Series program is designed to lead into the Pro Tour and gives drivers moving up in a category the chance to get acclimated to their new classes or simply shake off the rust from the offseason. The Supercarts USA Pro Tour will kick off its 2024 schedule back at the Orlando Kart Center on May 8th to 10th with the Winter Nationals, while the 15th Annual Spring Nationals will be Scusa's first visit to the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati on the June 14 to 16 weekend. The season finale, the Summer Nationals, will return to Newcastle Motorsports Park on July 26 to 28. Information on the 27th running of the sport's biggest race, the Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas will be released next year. Head to www.supercartsusa.com to learn more. 
check out any major national karting event and what's the common thread? Speed Concepts Racing. Up front, in every class, every weekend. The Speed family has been at the forefront of American karting for over 25 years. And Speed Concepts Racing is the sole dedication of Father Mike Speed and his multi-time championship winning son, Alex Speed. This program is all about passion for the sport and a dedication to winning. They know how to get it done. If you're a senior driver ready to put yourself amongst the best in the country, Speed Concepts Racing is the program for you. We can win the big races. You just need to be in the seat. The Speed's program has delivered time over time in the junior classes as well, helping to elevate a long list of young drivers from mid-pack to potential race winners. Speed Concepts Racing has the perfect equation of coaching, driver development, and technical knowledge to elevate your program. Arrive and Drive opportunities are available for the remainder of the 2023 season, and we're locking in seats for 2024 as well. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, contact Speed Concepts Racing through email at speedconceptsracing at gmail.com. Welcome back to our second edition of our debrief for this year's Supercarts USA Super Nationals. Rob Howden here alongside David Cole. Great to have both Raymond Rashiti and uh, Austin Garrison join us after bo both those drivers making to the podium in massively huge categories, both of them having great weekends. And again, like I said, for, for a guy like Ramo, who who doesn't race a lot, you know, we've seen him through the years. Then Austin, who doesn't get a chance to come, he, he's kind of in and out. But when he does, he's always up front. I don't care if he's driving a, a, a Briggs 206 or if he's in a shifter or he's in uh, a single speed. He's always right up front. Again, one of the, one of the, uh, the legends of the sport, for sure, over the last number of years. Let's jump in, David. Again, this is a race report. We got a couple of categories still to go. What do we got? We got K100 senior, junior, and X30 junior coming still. So three more to wrap up. Not sure if we're going to see Turner Brown. He obviously doubled up. We'll talk about that. He's on his way to Las Vegas right now. If he lands and gets a chance to come on, we'll have a chance to get Turner on here. It'll be a while from now, Phil, uh, still, because we got to jump right now into KA100 senior. Here is the headline for KA100 senior a second straight for Rivera in his Supernats senior debut. Yeah, K100 senior, the biggest category of the event. And so we knew the fireworks were going to be big and massive and yeah. exciting in this category. And it started off with qualifying. We had Aiden Rudolph putting down fast lap of the session, a 48.109, 27 thousandths quicker than Fernando Lequi. Uh, Chase Jones running under the Rock Island Grand Prix scholarship, essentially to winning the King of the Rock uh, event there to uh, to go race Supernats, ended up in the third spot with, again, another senior rookie, Jesus Vasquez Jr., getting another top five yeah. in qualifying with fourth there. And then Harley Keeble, a number of drivers or a number of uh, uh, predictors uh, putting Keeble towards the front uh, was in the, uh, the fast five. So... Heading into the heat races, again, five different winners in six heat races. So That's it was, again, a widespread wide talent yeah. up front. And again, like we said, and, and you know, we continue to say, the heat races show that this racetrack is raceable. It provides, it produces great racing. And we saw that throughout the heat races where guys were elbows up going at it. Uh, Vasquez and Jones came out the winners in the opening round. Keeble Rivera, Ernesto Rivera, the senior rookie coming up from junior after running junior all season long. Now only his, well, I think it was his third weekend in senior competition. Third or, fourth yeah, weekend, third, probably. third or fourth. Yeah. Uh, so Keeble Rivera picking up the, the wins in heat two. And then heat three was race Liberante and Rivera. Liberante 
Jones, the MPG crew, those guys were Batman and Robin all weekend long. They were uh, on fire. They yeah. were up front all weekend long, no doubt about it. So set it up this way for the main event. So you had Rivera on the pole with his two heat wins and a runner up to be able to uh, to to start alongside Chase Jones on the front row. Uh, row two was Donovan Benia, who again, kind of like uh, Remo was talking about, was was a quiet top five. Did a sixth, second, and seventh, so he was third overall. Chase Hand fourth. Another one that was kind of quietly there. He actually qualified 24th overall. Yeah, they had to dig. We talked about in the broadcast. Hand yeah. had to dig in the GFC. All He was the only, the lone GFC in, K, in K100 senior. And the X30 he, senior. And, yeah, and so he had to dig. Yeah. They, they had no data to go off of. Um, and the fact that they, this is where he started, kudos. And then Oliver Calvo, 34th in qualifying, ends up starting the main event in fifth. So again, another driver making their way up. But then you had... Pauli Massimino, six. Aiden Rudolph falling back to seven. Colin Lloyd in eighth. Peyton Phillips, ninth. And Vasquez, tenth. So a lot of drivers there. And then drivers from starting outside of the top ten made their way towards the main event, towards the front in the main event, which was a wild one. Yeah, obviously, out of the gate, uh, Rivera able to get the early lead from the pole. We saw a lot of pollsters able to lead, even though there was some, a lot of – they would get in there and stand on it because there was a lot of bumping mm-hmm. and running, guys trying to push guys through. But you, the one thing about turn one, you could run – you could run a, a later apex or an early apex, pardon me, and run way wide and still maintain your speed and be the first guy into turn number two. We saw a lot of that. So uh, Rivera was able to come out of the gate, but uh, there were guys that lined up and were coming forward. Uh, Chase Jones was so good on the weekend. I think he was in talking to him afterwards when he didn't win. I think he was super disappointed because he really felt like I think he had the package to win. And the other guy that uh, I didn't pick, and I probably should have because he's always up front in this category, former winner, was Pauli Massimino. He immediately got himself into the fight as well. Um, so that they were kind of the early guys, I think, to watch, right? Yeah, they were. And, you know, Jones and Massimino, the more experienced guys in the field, they hooked up. They they essentially got out to the first two positions yep. and, and pushed away. It was Jones up front, Massimino second, and they just locked up. And they were like, let's go, let's go. Yep. Kind of like what, how Garrison probably wanted it to work out yeah. in the X30. And Rivera had gone backwards a bit. And got a, and Rivera actually fell back to fifth at one time. Yeah. Uh, Rivera actually worked his way forward up into the third spot, but he was able, he was just super quick, was able to run down the top two drivers and essentially got into the lead on lap 18. And then the it was just chaos the last <laughs> two laps. And what you would have expected out of a, out of a KA 100 senior category, especially when things stacked up like they did. Again, this racetrack, uh, you know, Austin talked about it and sort of Ramo. There, there was such what you had to go way wide to set up for the corners, which is just. And I knew when I did the, when I did the track walk, the live track walk on Facebook. I'm like, this this is wide entries, and every time you have to have a wide entry, you open the inside. So if you if you're trying to run that big line to try to get the exit speed, there were guys coming in, and, and that we listen. Austin talked about the fact that he was making a move. He was trying to make a move on Oliver Hodgson. Hodgson was was making sure it didn't happen, so he had to use he had to use uh, Jones as the kind of the, the the wall on the outside. That's the kind of craziness that we had, and that David was the last two laps. Yeah, and then Rivera went defensive. You know, it's you know to take away that opportunity uh, went defensive. That brought everybody else back in because you know the last two laps it was probably one of the two slowest laps of the entire race. <laughs> Uh, because everybody's trying to find a way by, you know, and, yeah. and Rivera just, just, just played it really well, was able to hold on, uh, not allowing anybody to get ahead of him, 
ran defensive line good. Um, and, and again, just a little bit of chaos, three wide and, in turn three, three wide in turn four, three wide going into five. It was it was and, kind and of David, as, as that fighting was happening, we always always who who the guys were coming next. It was Brandon Lemke. Lemke was like because he was he, he was like three seconds back. Yeah, with I want to say four laps to go or five laps to go, and he just kept digging. They kept fighting, and all of a sudden he was in the middle of the scrap as well. Yeah, it was right there. So ended up being at the line. Rivera taking a second Super Nationals victory uh, after winning the X thirty Junior category last year. Uh, winning by just over yeah. a tenth with Chase Jones in the second spot, Massimino in third. Uh, Lemke, as you said, and the Gallard for uh, F Team FMS was able to get up into the four spot at the end. And then um, I, I forgot who finished fifth. Um, I have a note here. I didn't say. So Vasquez actually crossed the line in the fifth position, but a penalty dropped him down. And that moved Oliver Calvo into the fifth spot on the podium. I know when I talked to Chase Jones afterwards, we were walking over to the uh, the podium and, and I said, dude, well done. You know, second, I know you wanted to win. He goes, yeah, I really wanted to win. But to be honest, I'm just glad it's over. Because <laughs> 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 it was such a lo- Listen, those KAs were ripping at the end of the straightaway. Like it, these guys were fly- and they were just thr- like I, what I love was they were kind of going through that kink. Everybody's on the brakes already. Kind of the rotation was already happening. You're almost like kind of backing it into the corner. Right. And, it- and, and through. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share our uh, onboard with with Chase Jones on Wednesday, okay. uh, just so everybody ha- can 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 go to and check that out. But it was. Um, I mean, I was told eighteen thousand is what the KAs were turning on at the end of the straightaway. Woo-hoo-hoo. Wow! All right then. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Do we want to talk predictions? I got. I yeah. sucked hard on this one. It was bad. You, you talk about it while I type this up. All right. <laughs> you type this up. Uh, if you have, again, guys, we're if anybody wants to chat a little bit more, feel free to come on and chat with us. Yep. Um, any any um, any questions, whatever it may be, uh, comments, whatever. We have a couple guys that were liking it. Um, uh, Jeff Souza was looking for the Master Shifter, Master Shifter K100 Master, in both cadet categories. We did that in the first show, so if you haven't, you can go back and watch that on YouTube. That's available there. Um, yeah, why, why was that so bad? I I mean, yeah, you only had one top five finisher. Yeah, so that yeah. that kind of helps it because you Who didn't go better. Top five guy? You're the only yeah, the only one was uh, uh, Rivera. Rivera, picked I picked Rivera. Rivera. So. Yeah, yeah. Paulie Massimino let let me know uh, what he thought about me not picking him. <laughs> I mean, you can say it if you want. It's up I'm to you. Gonna, I'm not going to say it. It, it was a four letter word. He whispers something in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest. Uh, I, I know it we was, talked. He about came over great, so. It was you know Paulie came over so polite and just yep. And, and and the great part about it was, is you guys so were good. teammates at cup carts. So he's, I know it's we, not picked, like, we, we, yeah. we pitted side by side. I yeah. I should have picked them just for that. Just I like for that. Good, so I had, so we'll talk about Nate because, because he actually had more points than you. Uh, Cause he had one driver in the top five, but picked them correctly. That was Brandon Lemke in the fourth position. Okay. So uh, um, I had Lemke finishing second. So, but I had him in my top five. Uh, I also had Pauli Massimino in my top five. I also yeah, had did. Ernesto Rivera in my top five. Okay. So I had three drivers in the top five, but I did pick Pauli Massimino correctly in the third spot. And I'll say this again: uh, Yes, I we we're gonna. I, I'm feeling like I'm not gonna come out even in second in this deal. Uh, <laughs> we all blew out, blew ourselves out of the water from what we did last year. Last year was embarrassing. Literally, we our picks last year. You keep were, saying this to make yourself feel better, don't you? Right. I'm not talking about you, me. Okay. I, I, yes, 100. percent I feel 
I listen, I would felt so good on Super Sunday. I'm like, I'm picking it. I'm making stuff happen right now. And dude, you guys were just killing it. It was good. I was worried but, early on, but yeah. This was this again. This one was listen, for the amount of bullshit we got. People slagging on us that we didn't pick Formal. I'm like, man, we did really good overall. We did really well. We yeah. did really well. So yeah, All that right. was uh, that was predictions in K100 senior. So um, yeah, again, great. It was a great race. Uh, crazy to see Ernesto Rivera pick up a second. I don't know if we're going to see him next year. Obviously, he's going to be doing a lot of car stuff. So I would expect I think, yeah, maybe right. Supernats, if anything at all. Maybe. I, so, I, I don't know. Though I don't know. I, I don't know that we'll see him again. We'll see. I think they'll be focused on cars. Spanish F4 is what I'm hearing. Uh, a very, very talented young driver for sure. So, yeah, again, uh, Rivera. Again, but listen, again, how many guys, David, have gone junior to senior with race wins, right? Yeah, not very many. Um, not very many. Yeah, that's a good question to check yeah. out. Yeah, do um, one junior one year, one senior next year. Let's, we've, we'll dig we've in on seen, that one. We've seen some cadet junior Drivers do that, yep. uh, but not too many. As go. a rookie senior, right? Yeah, as a rookie senior, not too many. Pretty impressive. We know yeah. the guys have like won in their final years of of junior. You know whether it was uh, a Jeremy Fletcher, the guys that have won their final year. But anyways, let's. Uh, all right, break. Come back. Uh, Ka one hundred junior up next after this. Stay with us. More to come. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from kid kart to shifter kart. Villeneuve Racing Carts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Cart. Cartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Cart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports all beginning at Cartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. Race Lab. Race with us, win with us. It all started in my parents' garage. That's the foundation for MPG Motorsports, which grew from a small home garage in Indiana into one of the top race teams and car shops in the industry. A true passion for motorsports runs deep in the DNA of MPG, which has developed strong connections within karting. Now based at the Whiteland Raceway Park in central Indiana, MPG Motorsports offers a wide range of opportunities through its race team while providing a full service kart shop as an official dealer for the Kart Republic brand. The MPG Motorsports race team is led by ownership partner and karting champion Chase Jones and provides full trackside service and driver development. Be part of the MPG program at the USPKS, Stars Championship Series and Route 66 Sprint Series events with arrive and drive opportunities available at those programs as well as at the Whiteland Club races this season. A new 3,500 square foot shop is now open at the Whiteland Raceway Park in Whiteland, Indiana and is the new home of MPG Motorsports. 
This new headquarters will provide local and regional racers with a full-service race shop that provides a wide range of parts and supplies to racers, including the full chassis line of the Kart Republic brand. For more, head to mpg-motorsports.com and follow us on social media. Let MPG Motorsports take your motorsports career in the direction of your choice. Two more categories still to go as we're back here in this edition of the Debrief. We'll go KA100 Junior. We'll go X30 Junior. We'll wrap things up with the Paddock Pass, Constructors Championship, tally up the horrible predictions, and then, of course, wrap things up with the ECAD Trackside Live Race Calendar. Let's jump in to KA100 Junior, and here's the headline. Brown holds on to on-track win after penalty reversal. Yeah, uh, at KA100 Junior, the second biggest category of the week and it was Enzo Vidmontien scoring fast time in qualifying at 48.881 to edge out uh, Isaac Malcutt, uh by 53 thousandths of a second. Diego Ardiles in third, Oliver Weld in fourth, and Alex Mercado in the fast five. Um, this category, we saw Vidmontien win his opening two rounds of heat races. So essentially was putting him in the, uh, in the catbird seat. Uh, to retain the pole position, Isaac Malkett and Turner Brown picking up wins in those races as well. But we did see Brown pick up a second heat win. So again, started looking at Brown, how oh, you could be a possible contender. Again, qualified six, just outside the fast five. And then Garzone picking up a heat win as well, too. So again, four different winners in the six heat races in this category. Uh, Brown was actually the driver to be uh, on the pole position. Uh, had his two heat wins and a runner-up, so that put him ahead of Garzon, who had a third, a second, and a win. Uh, Vidmontian was scheduled to start third, but was removed from the event prior to Sunday's activities, and it was due to an off-track incident. Um, aside from that, uh, we don't know a lot of more details. Other than that, it was a, a sportsmanship uh, situation. Um, so Vidmontian was supposed to start third. So that moved everybody up into a different position that put Charlie Smith in the third spot with Keegan Kaminsky fourth, Oliver Weldon fifth, uh, and then, uh, Isaac Malka in sixth. So that was the first three rows going into the main event. So, uh, things get rolling. Obviously, uh, we talk about Turner Brown coming out of the gate, very strong. Garzone was right there, the Orsalon racing driver. And the other driver that joined him was one of the guys I picked and, and he was having an overall good weekend. And that's Keegan Kaminsky, uh, for mm -hmm. GFC coming out of the gate, slotted in a little three driver breakaway. Uh, but David, as we know, last lap's always going to be crazy. Um, uh, in the end, this was a really, really wild finish. And it was a good race up until that last lap, because again, yeah. all three drivers led at one point, they all showed the way. They're all kind of sizing each other up, nothing too crazy, but they were able to keep themselves away from the rest of the group. And so we knew it was going to be able to go down to the last lap. Uh, ended up being um, Garzone leading, going down into the final corner. Uh, as they entered the corner, he ran a, a little bit of a defensive line, but not all the way down, just left just enough room for Kaminsky to go inside. But as he was doing that, the yellow flag was being displayed for a cart on the exit that was yeah. sitting on the racetrack. Now, I don't think there was a driver on the racetrack. I think it was just a cart, but a yellow flag was displayed. Kaminsky it was on the entry, right? It was deep on the entry, right? Exit. On the exit? Exit point. I gotta go back and look at that. In the barrier, you can see it. Okay, um, back and look. So, so, um, so yeah, as they made the way through the exit, Kaminsky completed the pass, um, but at the same time, 
Turner Brown went into the corner as he normally did with, as you talked about that wide berth into the corner and was able to carry the momentum and keep it to the inside and essentially drive fast around both of them on the exit of the corner on the way to the checkered flag and was able to reach the checkered flag first by 83 thousandths of a second uh, ahead of Garzon. I know. I think Kaminsky still was I think Kaminsky might've been in second. No, Garzon. No. Yeah. Garzon. Right. I think you Kaminsky look. crossed the line second. That's what I, I didn't pull up yet. So that's so what, what I'm looking at. So I'll just say, for those of you tuning in, one of the, and if you weren't tracks that obviously you may have saw them. Yeah, the Kaminsky crossed the line second. They brought essentially 10 carts up to turn one uh, at the end of the race. And then at that point, worked on pushback bumpers, uh, the occasional on-track video shot that to, they wanted to get the best top five they possibly could before tech, right? That was kind of what they Correct. And this was the time f- waiting for that. And this was the first... Um, a race main event of the day. Yeah, first race on Sunday. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so Dave, what happened? What happened to Turner Brown? For, for, so essentially for, for starters, <laughs> for starters, like, well, like you said, the penalties. So Brown received crossed the line first, but received a pushback bumper penalty uh, that promoted Garzon to the lead because Kaminsky received a penalty for passing under a yellow flag, which yeah. as we talked about, we all saw. Um, so essentially it put Garzon on the podium as the winner went through all the ceremony but following the race um yeah you have your protest and they were able to to deem that the the pushback was engaged in a in a racing in, or you know non-contact unavoidable or avoidable how do you, how would you word that yeah yeah, yeah 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 unavoidable contact i would assume it was yeah it wasn't yeah, it wasn't so it, it was yeah. yeah yeah so he wasn't hitting somebody to knock them off the racetrack it was incidental contact that made the pusher that pushed the bumper in. Um, I think I saw it too. I think it happened on the, on the last corner towards um, probably halfway through the race where again, you're kind of sizing somebody up and you just clip, clip their tire and it pushes it in. So, um, so that they re- the reversal of the penalty, put Brown on top of the podium, giving him the victory, uh, moving our zone down to second. Uh, Diego Ardiles was promoted to third Weldon to fourth and Steven Miller into the fifth spot. Indeed, that's uh, so. It was a big win for for Turner Brown again. As David said, was the first race of the uh, of the Super Sunday lineup. They went KA one hundred, what uh, junior, master, senior, and it really it was interesting about it. it was it kind of set the pace and the tone, David, for the rest of the day. Those three races, those three KA races, were so exciting, so much great racing. That was the battle that we ended up having, and it just it played on from there, which is so good. And, and kudos again. Uh, to, to to Brown for getting that win, Turner Brown, and get kind of get got things rolling for him as well. Uh, David, the cool f- factor, at least I won that class in the predictions. Well, how, how do you how do you determine a win? Well, you were second. Nate and I tied for P one. Okay, there you go. You're still right. tied for P one. <laughs> you guys tied and and on a score total. I, I wouldn't say either of you won that, but it's uh, you guys had <laughs> you guys had the most points. Had Key and Kaminsky come home in second, I would have been rolling. And technically, I would give it to Nate because he had the third place driver correct, but you had wow. three in the top five, and you only had two. So, so I would go with the guy that had three in the top five. Pick I more guys. I would go with the guy that that predict correctly. Predict, of course you would. It's if it's against me, you're going to go for it. 100%. Oh, yeah, hey, we all had Miller in the top five, so that was good. We got we got that correct. Um, but neither of us picked him in fifth. Uh, you picked fourth. Me and you both picked fourth place. Correct. That was Weldon. So, uh, good, good on us for that. Um, 
Yeah, and then the only difference was you had you had uh, Turner Brown in the top five. We didn't. So there you go. that was the difference. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, folks, another break in the action. When we get back, we're going to stay with juniors. X30 Junior next up as we roll our th- ourselves through to the end of this edition of The Debrief. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand. The company that Tim Coyan owned and operated since two thousand three, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Packing and his business Stockholm Karting Center in October of two thousand nineteen. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past twenty five years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper Push the button and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-8020. 777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Welcome back to part two of our two-part debrief for this year's Supercarts USA Super Nationals. Again, if you didn't get a chance to watch the first one where we had the Masters categories and the Cadet categories, that's available on YouTube. This as well will be able, available. That You'll be able to watch that anytime on YouTube. If you haven't yet subscribed to our EKN YouTube channel, please do that. We would love you to do that. Lots more content coming out here throughout the offseason as we uh, look forward to essentially our next race, which we'll talk about in the EKN 
Trackside Live calendar. That'll be the Scusa Winter Series event at Homestead. Uh, David, let's jump into X30 Junior. Again, our race report today brought to you by Sony Racing USA. And here's the headline. Brown becomes third driver to double up on Super Sunday. This was uh, a category that had just 44 drivers in it. So one heat race all throughout the uh, the three different rounds and one, uh, well, two different qualifying groups uh, to hit the racetrack. And when it was all said and done, as we said earlier, Alex Mercado, the surprising fast time in qualifying, a 47.495 to secure the top spot ahead of Australian driver Brody Yendel. Uh, 34 thousandths was the difference between their two fast laps. Charlie Smith in third. So again, a good qualifying effort across the board for Charlie Smith. Yeah, he was good all weekend. Categories yeah. uh, under the Nash Motorsports tent. Uh, his teammate, Stephen Miller in fourth and Diego Ardiles with another top five in qualifying. Uh, getting yeah. into, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that you look at the kind of guys who were up front and and for a lot of time we saw the, the RPG guys were really kind of rolling for a bit there with Yendel and Ardiles. And of course you had the guys from Speed Concepts Racing, which were strong. It was, it was, it was a good mix, I think, up front of a number of the teams. But a lot of times you saw maybe two guys there, right? When we're talking about the cadets, it was the Bennett guys. It was always, it seemed yeah. like the teams that had it had at least two guys with the speed to be in that top five group. That, yeah, that, that was kind of it. And again, we see that in a lot of the junior categories is, is teammates working together yeah. to try and keep together. Well, um, in the main or in the heat races, however, there was, there was a, it was basically uh, kind of a split up. There was a lot of different drivers mixing it in. Uh, Yunda was the driver to win twice. He actually won the opening heat race and the third heat race. He fell back to fifth in the second heat race. So that was won by Enzo Vidmontian who qualified in the seventh spot. So again, a lot of shuffling around. You had uh, Turner Brown sitting in second and third, and then added a ninth in his last heat race. Diego Ardiles did a third, a second, and a third. So essentially, that made him one of the top contenders going into the main event. So, but he actually ended up lining up second as he had Brody uh, Yendel, his RPG teammate, on the inside, and he was going to uh, to lead the field to the green flag. You had. Um, it was supposed to be Enzo Vidmontien, but again, as uh, we talked about earlier, he was removed from the event on uh, prior to Sunday's event. So that moved Turner Brown to third, Charlie Smith to fourth, Stephen Miller fifth, and Augustus Tomliolo into the sixth spot. So actually three RPG drivers within the top six at the start of the uh, the main event. Yeah, let's talk about that main event a little bit too. Obviously, the RPG guys coming out of the gate quickly. They started on the front row, and they were quickly able to get in line and get rolling. So it was our dealers actually went to the front at one point. Uh, and then Yendel, and then another one of the drivers from TB Cart USA and Race Lab was right there as well. Sasha von Padbash was right in the middle of the fight too. Thank one of the brighter, the brighter liveried cars. who's kind of easily to pick up and to see some of the other cars. But then, of course, David Turner Brown was right there as well. Kind of buoyed off the success he had in in KA100 Junior. He was right out of the gate as well, a part of the lead group there too. Yeah, the the four drivers were kind of all kind of sizing each other up, but it looked to be the more aggressive one was uh Sasha Van Podbosch. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was he was the driver that wanted to get to the lead and wanted to get to the lead bad. And that actually cost him because it was lap 18. He was sitting third. You had um I want to say Yenda was leading and I think Ardila second, whatever however they were lined up, but both of those drivers were 1-2 and then and then Sasha was third. As they went into turn 3, one of the RPG drivers tried to make a pass. 
even though he saw it, he still went for it. And Sasha went inside both of those drivers hard into the curbing, yep. clipped the curbing. Cart was, I have a photo of it, was upside <laughs> on its side, smashed into one of the RPG drivers. They pushed into the other one. This essentially allowed Turner Brown, like we saw in KA, but this was going into turn three. He went from the outside to the inside and around the outside of all three of them into turn four and had the lead uh, coming out of that corner with uh, one and a half laps to go. Because if you if you push that wide command turn number three, you got to crank it back around four. And he just pinched it exactly. and just rolled around the outside. It was such a, again, it was very heads up, saw it all happening. There was aggression, right? And you had, you wanted to be on the right end of aggression. And Turner right. was for sure there. Yeah, so he took advantage of that and wasn't challenged. Uh, was able to hold enough gap uh, over the last lap and a half to uh, to reach the checkered flag by six tenths of of a second uh, to gain his second victory on the day. Uh, Diego Ardiles, or actually, it was um, uh, Sasha was the driver that crossed the line second, but he uh, suffered a three second penalty for scrubbing tires. So that moved Diego Ardiles up into second. Yendo was third in the line. Yeah. Uh, but uh, after tech was uh, removed for a tech issue. So that's still, I think, pending right now, depending on Scusa. Um, so that moved Weldon up into third. Sasha fell back to fourth. And then Nick Eggleston uh, finishing in the fifth spot. Some pretty good action there. It looks like we may even have our guest coming in we here do. late. So he's just hanging out there right now. He's in the. Let's in the- get to him. You want to bring him right in? Let's yeah, we're going to bring him right in. All right. Turner Brown. Hey. What's up, buddy? We got to get his mic turned. There Let's he is. Oh, hi. <laughs> Turner, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm just sitting down. Um, I'm here uh, in Las Vegas for the F1 race. So uh, my apology if, it, if the sound's a little messed up. But yeah. You, you sound fantastic, buddy. I'll just say this. So far, you're the winningest guy in Las Vegas. Let's not worry about the Formula One guys. You're the guy that had two wins. We just finished up wrapping up. Thanks for joining us. I know you were flying down there. Let's just, let me ask you first and foremost, it, has it sunk in that you came to Las Vegas in the Super NAS and won both races in junior? Yeah, it was definitely insane. Like my my, I was going crazy with my mom, my dad. It, it was definitely for sure an experience that I'll never forget. And it was just unbelievable. I mean, I didn't even think I was going to be on the podium, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, David Cole picked you to be on the podium. so and I, we, I, Yeah, I picked, picked him to win. win. And Nate picked him to win. So we kind of picked him to win the X30. That's, yeah, that's two years in a row now that I've uh, that I've tried to – that David's picked me on the podium and I've tried to uh, become it true. So, yeah. Hey, listen, awesome. Turner, we just talked about that uh, X30 junior race where you guys were the, the battle up front. Do you recall the guys up front of you getting into it and that over-under you made in turn number three to be able to come out with the, the race lead there late in the run? Yeah, I mean, it was just – I knew that something was going to happen. And just like in K, I was waiting for that last corner. I was like, last corner, just wait, be patient. But I knew that something was going to happen because the racing was getting a little bit aggressive. I saw the RPG boys fighting a little bit, making moves. So I thought, all right, this is my time to go and just hold it on from there. So what did you think over those last couple of laps? Were you, were you starting to listen to the engine a bit? Were you starting to get nervous? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, always, I just get calm on the last two laps. I, I like being in that spot where really I'm way, way more calm than the start of the race or any point in the race, in my opinion. So, yeah. The racing in K100 Junior and X30 Junior was absolutely awesome, especially when you guys kind of kick thing off on Super Sunday. 
when you rolled in there the first time you got on the racetrack, did you feel comfortable on the track from the get-go? No, I was for sure not quick on uh, Thursday practice, but I mean Wednesday. But the team did a great job, like adapting to it. We worked hard, and I mean we ended up getting a lot of hardware. So, did you like the track itself? It was interesting, but um, yeah, it, I would say it was okay, but it wasn't one of my favorites. But I liked it. It was okay. We've talked to a couple other guys here today, Raymo Rusciti and Austin Garrison. You obviously know Austin. Did you guys do a lot of work on your go-kart, or was it pretty close when you started, or did you have to really dial things in over the week? Yeah, we did a lot of work, I think. I mean, we uh, we tuned the engine perfectly. Like, we had a few sessions where the engine wasn't running perfect. Um, but the engine was extremely good in the final, especially with the speed lap power and the P1 engines. It was awesome. But, yeah, I think we um, made a lot of car changes, and they ended up being right. So, so we're a week, well, not quite a week on, five days on from the win. What, what are your thoughts right now? You're still pretty pumped from having won Super Nats? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm never going to forget it. Even if I don't end up being a company racer driver when I'm older, I'll always have those trophies either in my basement or something. But I will never forget it. It was an unforgettable moment. And I remember being in the trailer after getting, oh, getting like, uh, my driver coach, Austin, uh, Alex B, sorry. I, I, I will never forget the moment of me just breaking down on the stairs in the trailer after he told me that the penalty was overturned. And, and that, that's a crazy thing, too, because that, that came before that came before you ran X30 Junior, did it not? Yes, it did. It came like 20 minutes before I headed out to the grid. So I came out there, no pressure. Like, I've already got what I wanted. Let's just send it. So and let's talk about that. One, the reason probably why it was so great for you to get that win was from what happened last year, right? That the fact that you won on the racetrack. Um, talk a little bit about that from last year. It definitely took a swing in my confidence, but I knew that I had a fresh start coming in junior. And honestly, I, I, I couldn't describe it. It felt so nice to just know that, all right, I did it. I mean, I came back, won it, got some redemption. And yeah, now that I have the trophy sitting in my room, I'm like last year, it's definitely a whole lot better. Let's wrap things up with this. Obviously, one of the cool factors is that you're with Speed Concepts Racing, right? They're big on driver development. Austin Garrison's there, Alex Speed's there, so many other guys that are there. Can you talk a little bit about what they've done for you, especially over this year, because you've really kind of rock and rolled all year long. What have they done for you confidence-wise and driving-wise? I mean, they have changed my career. I mean, they have taught me so much stuff. I, it, it was, I mean, they're the, like, they've been a, like a family to me. They, they're an awesome team. Like, uh, ever since I started in Utah a few years ago, like Arrive and Drive, from the get-go, it was just like I was from the back, and NOLA, and then Utah was fighting for top 10s. I was like, wow. And they make, definitely make a huge difference. They're coaching me to the best of their abilities. It's working so much. And, yeah, they're definitely the best team out there in the market, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, they, they just helped me so much. And I, and I really appreciate it from the whole team. It's interesting. I'd ask you if you're excited for 2024, but I think that's probably a given. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Excited, going for championships next year. Um, yeah, definitely just going to rock and roll next year, try and do what I've been doing this year, but even better. David, any questions for this kid, or are we going to let him go watch F1? Well, first, yeah, what's <laughs> what's the plan for for the weekend? Does everybody, do, do the F1 drivers know you're there? And, uh, and are they I don't gonna... <laughs> know. I mean, I'm sure they're focused on their race, but, yeah, I, I'm just super excited to go watch something that's been a dream of mine since I've, like, heard about it. I mean, over the show uh, a few years ago. But, yeah, uh, I'm super excited for the weekend. It should be fun. 
Well, Perfect. Turner, thank you so much, buddy, for taking the time. I know you just flew in, just got to the racetrack. Go enjoy yourself. Congratulations on the great Supernets. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, buddy. Turn around right there. What more do you want? <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, he had a great view, too. Did you see no the kidding, Vegas backdrop behind it? That what a great, uh, such a quality young man. And, Dave, we kind of saw him midseason, right? Kind of come on strong, was being there, was able to get the win at uh, at the Summer Nats. And, man, this this kid's got a bright future. And that's it. Like, he started out the year, we thought, you know, you know there's a lot of drivers that come up from yeah. mini to junior that that are, boom, they hit it right away. It took a little bit for him to get get going because, really, in the beginning of the year, we weren't really talking about him much. Yeah. And then, and then there was that Summer Nats victory when he moved to X30 junior. And it was like, oh, it was almost like a wake-up call. Like, like something switched with him and 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 the speed concepts crew and everything it just boom he's there and then it helped him on in turn i think in the 100 cc stuff yeah. to get a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more deeper in the braking zones and stuff like that so all the overall, too, I think, right and i and confidence as well as you know yeah. you can see when his he he's very confident in in the way he speaks and i think he's very Amazing. confident uh with the way he drives as well yeah, no doubt about it. And obviously, Turner coming right in there. He immediately popped on. We brought him right on here. He nails awesome. the interview. Yeah, this that was aces. That was fantastic, folks. One more break. When we get back, we're going to wrap things up with our paddock pass. Dave's got a couple of notes down here we're going to go through. we got our Constructors Championship. We'll look at the chassis that we're actually able to win in the five categories we talked about today. We'll go over the predictions, go class by class, and see uh, how badly I lost. And then we'll look at the EKN Trackside Live Race calendar. Nothing going until 2024. But it'll be a big year for sure uh, once again. Stay tuned, folks. More to come after this break. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2023 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the brand new Tatus JR23. As the first step of the newly rebranded USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The USF Junior Champion will win a scholarship worth over $248,000, and the total prize fund will exceed $330,000. The series will also debut the new Tatus JR23 race car in 2023, which is a development version of the USF-22 used in USF-2000. It's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving on to the car racing ladder. Safety is always front and center in the mind of the series promoters, and the USF Juniors car features a halo, and the races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT karting helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. 
The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. Welcome back to part two of our EKN debrief for this year's Supercarts USA Super Nationals, the 26th edition of the event coming off a great interview with young Turner Brown from Speed Concepts Racing live from the track in Las Vegas for the F1 event. And I hope he has a fantastic weekend. David, you got to think you're cruising around Las Vegas. I was here a week ago, boys. I've won junior. Hey, where's Lance Stroll? Where's George Russell? Let's talk. I've won Ooh. two. You guys have won this race. I've won this race in junior. Well, to be honest, he's got two more wins than they do. So <laughs> he almost has something on top of these guys. Now, Logan Sargent on hand. He has two wins at the Super Nationals, one in cadet, one in junior. So maybe those two could have a good photo together. I, we'll, we'll have to text him and see maybe if there's a way he can find Logan to uh, to be able to do that. Well, listen, Kyle Kirkman was watching. Kyle and Logan are good buddies. We need to get True. we need to get Kyle to get Turner and get Turner where we need to be in there right now for that photo. Because I saw that Williams actually posted something out about Logan saying that he's had success in Las Vegas before. So that's yeah. true. Yeah, he just did the uh, the. Uh, uh, what is what is that website player the players tribune oh yes. I believe yeah, was, yeah was the article and and they actually showed a photo of him uh during his karting days i was upset it wasn't a super nationals photo because it was of talking about going back home in vegas and yep. how he's won there and stuff like that but you know they they just didn't get a hold of us i guess we were too busy at the super nats we're, we're pretty busy <laughs> all right folks uh let's go into the paddock pass right now this edition of the paddock pass presented by mega power for over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. The name on this program, Mega Power. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IAMI Shifter. But with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. Increase your odds of winning in 2024 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. All right, David, wrapping things up for this edition of the debrief, let's have a look uh, and chat a bit about uh, the paddock pass. One of the key things, of course, brand new lot. We talked about it earlier here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We're going to move to the back part of the racetrack for 24 and 25, but a brand new layout. And from the very get-go, when we first walked it in the first sessions, I talked to, to Ryan Norberg and he's like, and the bottom line is, it's something totally different. Like it or hate it, it's something different than we've had in years past. It was, yeah. We talked about this yesterday, but again, we can talk about it for those who didn't watch. And it got, it was different. It was a completely different track layout. Nobody had, had raced on something like this before. Nobody had had a straightaway that was 1,400 feet long. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was kind of the big thing. Um, you know, and again, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'll kind of reemphasize it was, it was a lot that they, they didn't really know what to do with, um, in terms of how to lay things out. So they tried something, they had the separate paddocks. This was, this was a comment earlier. I wanted to wait till this point, but 
Richard Gutierrez said, what, what I missed was we couldn't hear one word of your commentary from our pit to the grid. So as you're walking from the B pit to the, the grid area, there's no speakers, there's nothing. You couldn't really hear it. So where you're at the Rio or even the other parking lot where you're at, there's speakers all around. But yeah. because there was an act active road, they didn't have speakers over in that area. So, um, so that's something that, that Scusa did miss. But again, you're not when they're trying to they're trying to focus on the on track type of scenarios. So again, that's just something that was missed. And and there were speakers over in the other paddock. You're, there, so there was that. But um, but yeah, that was something that was missed. One thing I'll throw out as well, and we didn't talk about it yesterday. Uh, Supercarts USA, David, adding three new members to their uh, Hall of Fame as well during the opening ceremonies and very well deserved, of course, starting with PSL Carding with Dominic Lebrec and Stefan St. Charles. They've been part of the SCUSA program. I remember seeing them in 1999 or 2000, I think. We were at the, uh, at the Florida Winter Tour, the SCUSA, which was SCUSA back in the, in the early days of the Florida Winter Tour. They've been doing this for 24 years or something like 25 years. Uh, so shout out to both them. And like PSL Carding literally has been one of those anchor teams over the last couple of decades, right? Of course, massive up in Canada. CRG for many years now for the last number of years have been uh, kind of the North American, you know, touch point for Beryl ART. And I've done a tremendous job and just brought so many drivers through that program. So kudos to them, both well-deserved. And then of course, a, a guy that's been a driver, number one, a Super Nationals winner, and then kind of the guy over in Europe representing, you know, the U.S. as a factory driver for multiple manufacturers. And then now, of course, into his own GFC karting program where he's, again, a key member and 100% focused on his team. Gary Carlton from GFC karting uh, going into the Hall of Fame as well. And I think that was, you know, huge for, you know, for myself and Chris Ortenberger, who were part of the class last year to see us followed up by Dominic Stefan and Gary. Come on, that's it, it says a lot. It's kudos. Just a shout out to those guys here. It's not a racing thing. Perfect for the paddock pass. Yeah, no, it, it was great to see them. Obviously, we kind of knew it. Uh, I at least I knew about it because we had to kind of put up dummy uh, Hall of Famers last year when we put both you and Chris in. So uh, we so we knew this was in the works. It was kind of we had to use their names last year as dummies. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it worked out well. Obviously, they knew going into uh, to Sunday about it because they had to be trackside uh, for the ceremony. So it wasn't quite the surprise like for you and Chris last year. But uh, I think to honor, again, you have to do that because you, you see all the different Hall of Fames in motorsports and in all sports in general. You have to have the figures that have done a lot or mean something within the sport. It's the I history. Think obviously, I think obviously PSL Cardi, you can't think of Super Nationals without them. Uh, they're always that front row spot. You always see them right there. Uh, you always see Dominic uh, knee deep into, into getting his drivers quick. And you see Stefan there pumping him up the way he does so well. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's great to see them. And of course, Gary's been, you know, over the since I've been working for eCarding News um, over the last 19 seasons, uh, there's nobody like Gary Carlton. There really isn't. I mean, the 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 driver that he is and now the industry member that he is, it's just phenomenal to see. And so I'm excited to see what he's going to do for the next 20 years, 25 it, years right? with, with the GFC brand. He, he's in for he's he's in for the last twenty years and, and there's still twenty to go. Like that's the crazy uh, thing yeah, about for yeah, sure. It's, it's amazing, hundred uh, percent. Another, I think another uh, kind of a cool fact we really haven't brought up yet either is, and I know there was some issues, but man, you know what? With that racetrack, David, there wasn't a red flag. They didn't roll the ambulance. That's what, I, especially come 
wheel to wheel racing on Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday. The fact that there was no reds and the racing was clean. Some drivers made mistakes and there was wrecks in the barriers. We had one guy uh, who was who wasn't in uh, in Masters who flipped. It was Kyle. Um, Yuchinsky, Kyle Yuchinsky yeah. comes into turn one, hits, <laughs> does the full helicopter of the go kart back up onto the barriers. Crowd went crazy. I don't know where I was standing, but I could hear the cheers of the fans from where I was standing over it the engines. So cool. It was yeah. so loud. It was amazing. I'm like, what is going? I'm like, he jumped up after did like, Taylor Swift walk through the paddock or something? Like, what's going on? Fully helicoptering, sliding. He's, he's doing this. He's yeah, pumping the crowd let's go. Up. It was, so it was good. pretty awesome. It was now, so good. Yeah. If I were to rack at Supernats, I would do the same damn thing. I mean, because because you're there, you're you're like, yes, let's pump it up. Like I screwed up. If I were to, if I were to Come on, Supernats, laugh at me. I'd be like bent in like a well, beanbag, broken. You, you kind of were when I you did kind of wreck it there in one of the was it qualifying or the practice? No, the practice before qualifying. A That's guy, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a guy spun in front of me. So yeah. that wasn't it. Wasn't as uh, um, dramatic and. Uh, and uh graceful like yeah. like kyle did though <laughs> mine was not ungrateful yeah graceful rather all right let's move into the constructor's championship we already talked about yeah. some of this other stuff yesterday yep. we, we yep. can go back to that uh constructor's championship uh again nine categories on the weekend david five brands all told five brands yeah pretty, how many how many wait. all told this is the five, five this is the total all this is the total okay. right here this yesterday we did the four so five yeah, we, well there were five, four different there yeah. were four different winners last year, but well, where they come from? Where, where yeah, did the Cosmic exactly. guys come from? Wow! So, um, Cosmic picked up four victories out of the nine, so that's um, that's a big scoop. Um, it's been a while since we've seen that, and really, this was the lowest amount of chassis we've seen win at the Super. Yeah. Hold on, I got it down. I think since twenty. You go through the line. I'm gonna look at this. So, Cosmic winning the four, as we know, uh, with Rawls a Performance Group. What Formal? Um, Formal. Bania, who else am I missing? From, Waters. Um, Waters and Rivera. Rivera. That's yeah. it. Uh, Red Speed with a couple, courtesy of Turner Brown. Turner Brown. Well done. Itel Cart with the win for Davide Fore. Bendick, of course, that uh, tremendous run they had uh, in the Mini Swift category. Then Sodi Cart with the win. Somebody was going to win Sodi Cart and Micro, man. They had like three drivers in the lead four battle out against I our drives. Yeah. But yeah, so Cosmic, Red Speed, Itel Cart, Bennick, and Sodi Cart all with race wins. So it was 2012, the last time we had only five chassis brands really? win. Yes. So it's been a while. And that was wow. nine classes that year as well. Um, the lowest, I mean, that was back in 2004. We had 10 classes and there was only four chassis brands that won. In I mean, we could go to the beginning, but there were only two classes and there was two chassis that won. In, in 2000 and uh, what, what was one with four? Yeah, 2004. 2004. So only four different brands that won super that year. Was that, that was at the real that year, was it not? That was, no, that was the first year at oh, Sam that Boyd was Stadium. Sam Boyd, that was, 2002. Come on, that was Jason yeah. Bowles. That was the holding the trophy on Tony the 50 That's right. Yeah. So yeah, Tony Cart was a winner. CRG was a winner that year. Yeah. Uh, Tony Cart, Tony Cart. Hold on. Intrepid was the third brand. And Top Cart was the other brand. Top Cart. Who went on yeah. Top Cart? Uh, two of them. You had Jeremy Regal. No, sorry. Uh, Matt Kimball, 1K1. Yeah. And Kevin Casey won S3. In top wow. Cart. I forgot about that. That was the old S3 days. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so there the you beginning go. Beginning stages of it, yeah. Man, let's roll into the predictions. Um, Nate and I tied for KA100 Junior at five. 
X30 Jr. Nate won that one. That's two. That's essentially two for two for Nate. He won X30 Jr. with eight points. David, you won KA100 Senior with six. X30 Senior, you beat me by one. Eleven for David. X30 Senior. Uh, Pro Shifter. We did not do good in Pro Shifter. We did not rock in Pro Shifter. Uh, uh, Three for uh, you in Pro Shifter. Overall, David Cole with the belt, fifty-eight points. Nate Dean though, probably like four times what he had last year. Uh, did a great job with 45 and I to pick number 37 though, baby. My that's, number. that's, it's iconic. Yeah. Because you yeah. couldn't run it this year on track. You had to do it in your points. That's, um, that's so when you look at it, um, I had 53% of my top fives. That, dude, that's ridiculous. So again, you know, you look at, you know, you had nine different categories. I had, uh, 24 drivers finish in the top five that I predicted to finish. Well done. How many did I have? You had 22. So it was good. Yeah, it was, I was close. Say, I, yeah, I'm close. I just didn't have again. Any the- so, so 24 for me, 22 for you, 20 for Nate. So we had a lot of different drivers in and a lot five. of correct top five. It was picking them where they finished. That the was fact the that you and Nate picked each picked a class where you picked four of the so guys butter. in the right spots is ridiculous. You were so butter. You just, <sighs> I thought this, I was this is amazing good. right here. This is amazing. This nose carding right here. This is this, dude. This, this nose card. Your record against me is like one in forty on the racetrack. I said this had nose carding. I know where people are going to finish. <laughs> you didn't last year. <laughs> I think I need to get with, with Westgate next year and be the bookie and and dude, set the be- odds for right. Pro Shifter and X Thirty Senior. We need to. I think we, we've done that in the past before. Well, that'd be I think we, we need to set that up. Let's wrap things up, folks, and shut David down because I'm done with his voice. I've had to listen to it for so long. I'm done. It's my throat. I don't want to. <laughs> at least my at least my lips are finally uh, not as dry as they were. My God, it was dry this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to really talk to the guy for like a couple of weeks, which is A-OK. Right <laughs> Can't wait. EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar for 2024. Brought to you by, of course, Rollison Performance Group today, folks. At the Rollison Performance Group, we strive for ultimate success. We're more than just an arrive-and-drive race team with countless wins on the national and regional level. Our focus is on, is on complete driver development, and that's where the success is fueled. We combine one-on-one coaching, on-track instruction, and intensive data debriefing with unparalleled cart and engine prep. Our program will help you raise your game. We'll take you to the next level. If that's your goal, RPG needs to be your next move. Experience the Rollison difference. All right, guys, uh, again, Friday, November the 17th. We're essentially off for what, David? Six weeks now, which is fantastic. Maybe, no, six, seven, seven almost two months. Almost two um, months, yeah. Yeah, we're back for the Supercarts USA Winter Series at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Opening round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series, as I had said. Looking forward to getting back to that. It'll be a couple months off. Everybody ready to smell the two-stroke again. We'll be, like, dying to get back to the track here in that rev. Uh, and then we go at it again a couple of weeks later, David. We head out uh, to, to hang out with our buddies at the uh, Challenge of the Americas. Andy Saisman and the crew make a lot of big moves to challenge the Challenge of the Americas program this year. Uh, a new tire, uh, changing up the cla- the classes, the, uh, the the categories. A lot of excitement around that program. No doubt about that right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, and they're going to get the support as from the teams and the sponsors that they've had before. So it's kind of like a quick shift. Uh, but not a big change, but the biggest change obviously is the tire brand that they'll be running. Yeah. Uh, they're still going to have the rock 
rock engines involved with it, but they're also going to have more IAMI category or engines part of the classes that they're running. Um, and also mm-hmm. bringing, also bringing in KZ as well. So, um, so that's going to be an interesting uh, shift. And obviously we'll have more about that uh, in the coming weeks as we'll get with Andy, they'll be opening up registration and uh, getting more details out of that program. So yeah, we need, to, uh, we need to do a face to face with him to, to really break that down. Do yeah. We, that's, let, that's going to be a face to face. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because again, very much like the OKN category last year, which was the change. So everybody was interested in that. They're going to return with that as well, but changing to the Vega tire. So I got to think, man, that OKN on sticky, sticky tires, that's going to be quite interesting. Let's get out. Uh, yeah. And again, especially it, at Tucson. Again, it's, I was just going to say, it's that muscle and Honda circuit in Tucson, one of the best racetracks in the country. I love that track. Yeah. So I, I would expect to see, you know, maybe, you know, like uh, Remo was talking about, you know, maybe getting their program down there. So maybe, maybe we get some of those Italian uh, cart drivers in the OKN category. Uh, well, you're going to you're, you're see GFC. We know they're coming. Yep. Greg Bell told me Leading Edge is coming. You're going to yep. have Speed Sense. You're going to have White. Nash, Ron White. Pulled Catalyst down. Full full uh, forward direction motorsports and Colorado's 100%. on board as well yep. already. So again, yep. very many, uh, probably the Emmy cart as well. Ruthless Karting. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's, again, the same players that have been part of the challenge for the last number of years. It's just, again, kind of, Andy's, you know, obviously making the switch to the tire, but opening up to, you know, again, IME drivers, mini, micro, junior, everybody come, come race. Been a good show, folks. Almost two hours. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate that. A, a Friday night uh, um, prime time show. Dude, I'm at the end of Listen, this has been, listen, this has been a long This is late of, for you. This is late well, for you. Not the fact it's even late. For, it is actually oh. late for me. The simple fact that we've been going at it for how long? This is this is my, I'm done my 29th weekend. I have one more trip to do. Uh, USF Pro tire test, the uh, Continental tire test at Sebring on the 11th to 12th of December. That's my last trip. 30 or 31 trips this year i'm ready for a break i know you are for sure yeah break down and you know thank about thanksgiving next week so that'll give us a little bit more time to recoup um you know we'll put have the, some put, other put stuff the lawnmower in the garage bring i already i already did that actually bring out the snowblower <laughs> you know, whenever i go to supernats it snows so i made sure i had that ready to go in case but it's been great weather here but the cold yeah. stuff's coming so yeah it is. Uh, okay. yeah getting ready to hunker down for for winter and uh get our escapes when we go to Florida and California. Just a quick thank you, David, to you, Nate, and Betsy. You guys obviously killed the coverage this year. Uh, From the previews to the outlap to everything that Nate and Betsy did with the social media throughout the week, we had great social media coverage. A lot of great input. I had a bunch of people message me throughout the week, obviously. Being able to, you know, there's the cart chaser stuff, the we do our stuff, and it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, which is great. And it just provides levels of coverage that we haven't seen in the sport before. Time Time to take a break. I would say time to take a break, but we got a ton of stuff to do because in, when we go into, into December, obviously after Thanksgiving, that's the time that we can push. We can do a lot of great off-season stories. We're going to bring that roundtable in we talked about, and there's going to be a lot, lot more content coming on uh, on YouTube for sure. One final thing. Way to go, David. Beat Rob thanks, again. Thanks a lot, Gary. And my good friend Gary <laughs> Collin throwing me under the bus. You yeah. got to end the super nuts with that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, he, yeah, he beat me again. You beat me on the racetrack and you beat me with the uh, things. I can live with that. Right. And I beat you in predictions last year, too. So yeah, I don't think I've ever beat you in predictions. Uh, I think the early years, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, these aren't the early years anymore. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much. And again, this, yeah, this was my 26th Supernationals, 25th year for Howden Media Group. David Cole getting ready to enter his 20th season 
at the helm of ecardingnews.com. We thank you so much for tuning in. As always, big shout out to everybody from Supercarts USA. Did a tremendous job. It was fun to work with the guys from Cart Chaser as well throughout the week, and that was a lot of fun as well. Uh, again, 2024 just around the corner, unless somehow I decide I'm going to run Daytona and Margay. You never know. That could still happen. Not quite sure. Winter nationals for cup cards. I can't do no. winter nationals. I need it. Uh, I need oh, it. Right. You got the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I already got some. I need, and I also need the full break. So, bottom line, all you guys are tuned in, who are watching us on, on, on YouTube, if you haven't uh, subscribed, please do that. Lots more social media to come. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Haven. Bye for now. <laughs>